So, let's give you guys a little adventure background here. I mean, I know who we all are. Obviously, you guys, I would hope, know who you are by this point, except possibly Brim. I mean, this <laughs> isn't Strange Aeons, so I do know who I am. That is accurate. You don't have amnesia this time. You do know who your character is. That is a step up from the last one. Uh, so, we've got a kind of a mixed group here. We've been playing over on my channel on Twitch for, I don't know, two and a half, three years of streamed Pathfinder. Uh, back before we had the advent of the cool Paizo modules on Roll20 and we had to do everything by hand and it was just a giant mess all the time, but it worked. Mm -hmm. uh, we've done... Uh, we, we got started with Silver Hex Chronicles way back when, just as an intro, back when Shemu thought Pathfinder was a video game. I did! I can't... I, I really <laughs> did! I... I feel terrible about it, but, but I now it is a video game. Kingmaker, yeah, Kingmaker is is actually a video game now. That's it's come true. full circle. You are at this point right. But we've done <laughs> Dragon's Demand, we've done Skull and Shackles, we've done Strange Aeons, and now we're coming around to settle on something a little more RP heavy with War for the Crown. And it's an interesting change coming out of the Lovecraftian circle of despair <laughs> that was strange chaos <laughs> where just everything is terrible all the time what a dark journey and now it's just most things are terrible most of the time so our heroes here are citizens of taldor a great and powerful nation in the inner sea region but of course we wouldn't really have a campaign unless things were going wrong and the kicker for us was the exaltation day gala it's a once a year festival Celebrated not just in the nation's capital of Apara, but countrywide. It's a, a huge, huge event for everyone. It's all about potential. The potential for prosperity. Anyone in Taldor can make a name for themselves. Peasant, aspiring aristocrat, merchant, fiefdoms, dukedoms, duchies. Those are beyond the no-man. That's exemplified in this day where a randomly selected commoner, sometimes for their abilities, sometimes for their renown, or sometimes just out of a hat, is given official titles and land and ascended to a proper noble among Taldor's ranks. Well, that happened. <laughs> Our... Our good friend Calbio got to be a noble for maybe five seconds before the Grand Prince Stavian betrayed him, his Senate, and his country in a truly insane assassination. A slaughter that started with poor Calbio, exalted peasant, bless his little peasant heart, and ended with 70... Senate members dead in the hall of government in the nation's capital, and our heroes here scrambling to pick up the pieces. So why don't we go down the list here with some introductions. I'm literally just going to go in the order and let me reach all the way over here. I'm going to go in the order it's decided to list you across the bottom of the screen. That's my random. Baylor Landless. What's up, buddy? Who are you? Why are you here? What do you bring to this group? Belor is a half-elf wizard. He's was part of a noble family, but no one in his family ever married an elf. 
So, a little bit of an embarrassment on the family that he not exists. Really, not really supposed to be there, technically. No, no, there's... If, if, if you take a look at things real hard, there's just something wrong there. So... Most of his life, his family didn't really want him being shown off much. And early on, he had a knack for learning, so they said, Hey, you can go learn anywhere but here. <laughs> and that's actually not it's... uncommon in Taldor. Uh, that is the fate that a lot of half-elves in this country share, because like Baylor, their birth is eh, kind of a scandal. Their existence is a scandal. So basically, to keep him quiet and out of sight... They paid for him to travel around the country doing what he wanted, which what he wanted was learning. Pretty good. Ended up as a wizard. And now, getting on in age a little bit, decided to get into politics more. Put in... Put some of that knowledge he had gained over the years to work. And apparently it's just a really bad time to get into politics right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was not the best time to try I, that one out. No. I, I mean, I I mean it, like it depends on how you look at it. Definitely. The there's a lot of vacancies. But yeah, there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of space open It's a great time to be an aspiring politician. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> many seats. <laughs> it's just a land of opportunity for Baylor right now. And unless things like this continue and then may, maybe, maybe choose a different line of work. But for now, he's sticking with what he's working with. Yep. And it's, uh, well, he is where he is, and he never saw his fate ending up here as a, well, adventure, mercenary, hireling, whatever you want to call it, but he's taken to it reasonably well, and as long as he has his best friend Acid Splash by his side forever, <laughs> he will probably be at least okay. Um, chat real quick, just a side note. If there's any issues with, like, audio levels, uh, volume balancing specifically, let me know, because this is kind of a... I did a lot of setup overhaul to do this premiere stream on the Paizo channel here. Uh, for instance, giving them my playlist instead of just silence and sadness. And I have it balanced to... my well, My view appears to be the best I can. There's always room for improvement. Something's too loud, someone's too loud. Let me know. I'll fix it. So, in Nori... Dentho, the first of our parties. Uh, oh yeah, I was for some reason I, I really saying yes. So the first of our parties, two female characters. What brings you to the table, a dude? Obviously, <laughs> of course. It's, yeah. it's more interesting that way. Absolutely. So I just I wrote a quick little synopsis. Hopefully, get it all in there. Um, okay. Okay. So, Anuri is a blade-bound magus and a bounty hunter of a little over a year now. Having taken up the family business after her fam famous bounty hunter father was mur murdered. Boy, that's a typo. No. We can't see it, so just keep reading it. It's a typo for me. Anori armed with her father's sword and partner Siaran, a powerful sentient black blade. She finds herself in possession of the man who took her father from her. She now forges forward into this war for the crown now allied with Princess Eutropia in hopes that one day she will be brought close enough to exact her furious revenge and bring this murderer to justice. That about yep. sums her up, I think. Yeah, that seems pretty accurate. And 
Her father had, of course, told her at some point that there was something about her sword and she inherited it. But she'd never really known it to be anything other than, well, just a regular lightly enchanted longsword until pretty recently. And the events of the Exaltation Day Massacre kicked off not only the war for the crown itself and surely a new era for Taldor, but also the latent personality locked away in Ciaran. <laughs> yeah, he's got a little bit of a, mm -hmm. a, bit of a twang. This is a bit, of a, a bit of a mouth. <laughs> they, I mean, they work together. They just don't necessarily get along work in progress they're they're doing their best they're doing their best all right nell stalwart uh i believe at current moment the only official nobleman in the group i do believe so what brings you to the table I'm trying to remember actually where we left off. I'm a little frazzled at the moment. We're just 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 introduction, backstory. Who's Nell? Why are you part okay. of the party? What's uh? <laughs> what you come on? No, no. Shell shocked by the cool guy channel book. Come on, Derp, you can do it. <laughs> yeah, who's well, the music distracting him? It's, it's yeah, it's, it's the music. No, <laughs> I'm not used to having the background sound. <laughs> I am Nell Stalwart which is short for Nelan Lore, which even myself have a hard time pronouncing my full name as my father's eccentricities required such a name. I am the protector of the group. I am here to ensure the safety of my friends and allies, as well as have a good drink in the evenings when the fighting and partying is done. And have a good drink he has several times. So... <laughs> kind of just got wrapped up in all this, and although this being a nobleman that grew up in Taldor, he has at least somewhat been taught to use a sword. But I'd say events have proven, uh, at least initially as these, these party members met, that Nell is by far the most out of his element here diving into these active combat scenarios. But it's not stopping him from doing his best. And uh, trying to hold together and trying to support and protect, as he said, his team as best as he can. And you got a really good archetype for that, too. Mm -hmm. I'm all about making sure that people don't get in as best I can. He is the wall. And as long as he stands just kind of between the people that want to stab his friends and his friends, ideally a minimal amount of stabbing is going to actually occur. So... Our newest addition here, Kahina, is an agent of a character we will get to shortly, and actually does not really know the rest of the group. She is kind of the wild card here. She has just very recently been introduced to them, but who is your character, Mr. Shaw? So, uh, Kahina is, uh the daughter of Gurundi merchants who uh, took up in Taldor and have done business with the royal family supplying the army for many, many years. So they became uh, aristocrats, nobles in Taldor society. Um, but lately, with things being shifting and moving, um, 
they fell into disgrace, uh, especially with uh, Pytharius, who is the leader of the Taldor uh, army. Um, and so Pytharius's uh, words and deeds have set uh, Kahina's father in jail and sent most of her uh, family uh, packing back to um, uh, Orsini. Uh, uh, Osirion. Yeah, sorry. My bad. Um, sent them packing back across the ocean there, although they do still maintain a small merchant storefront and a couple of businesses in Taldor, which she is overseeing. Uh, she growing up a child as no of nobles kind of like Baylor decided learning uh was more fun and she's very charismatic so she became a bard um and so she kind of traveled back and forth a little around uh to learn and to apply her trade now she comes back finds her father's been imprisoned and um her family kind of in tatters uh she is kind of not, I won't say hell bent on revenge, but she definitely wants justice she's to not, be served. She's not happy. She's currently she, uh, she's not happy. displeased so, with the current situation yeah. and that her family so, is in. Finding out that he is now vying to be the ruler of Taldor, she does not want this. So she has aligned herself with Eutropia uh, so, and Martella uh, of so that she can make sure that not only does this not happen, but that he somehow becomes disgraced. And, and we'll, uh, we'll get to who those people are in a second, because yeah. I know those are names that don't mean anything to anyone unfamiliar with the adventure path. Yeah. But, but yeah. she's new. She doesn't know these people yet. What but... we have here as an icon may actually just be the concentrated essence of worshipping Shellen. <laughs> she does. She does look with cool. the super multicolored, incredibly vibrant outfit and the actual glaive. I, I really don't think you can get a whole lot more of a shellenite than that. But that's okay. Now, uh, oddly enough, in this party, and this was completely coincidental, we have two Osirians. The second of which did not actually. Uh, has never lived in the country as his parents came over here uh, before he was born thinking to get the better life in Taldor. But our our last guy here, the crossbowman, the soldier, Dara Rostam. Which is who? Bryn Bob? Um, I am Dara Rostam. I am an Assyrian man and I pride myself on my military service. I was a military recruiter. I dream that I keep the country military that I have helped cultivate as a beloved protector instead of turning into a brutal ruler. I remember the history that many would like to forget. The Battle of Nagras is not something this country needs to repeat. I believe the princess will lead us in the right direction. I love the accent. I love the effort you're putting into the accent. Go back and do mine again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, don't don't be mad at her because she has a cool voice for her character, Shenmue. That's not her fault. <laughs> but I didn't know we were doing the accents yet. Okay. 
Oh, whatever you want to do. Everyone else presented in their player voice, but I'll definitely give Brimbob today's brownie points for presenting in your character's I voice. I feel like I just got posterized. She's going for it. I mean, the good news, none of you have to follow that. So you can at least oh, just <laughs> put her on last because she's about to bury us. I get it. So this is our, <laughs> this is our group. This assembly of people of various minor fame, uh, a nobleman from a not incredibly well-off, like far from the top end of Opara, but good enough upbringing family with enough clout to bring behind him, a renowned bounty hunter, uh, a an agent from the shadows working for a spy master. Uh, we've got just a very, very well-practiced and known and liked half-elf wizard. And we've got a soldier the face of the Talden military's recruitment drive for some time around Opara. All brought together by two people. Two names that you've heard briefly. Lady Martella. Lady Martella Lothied is how they all met in the first place. Now, they don't know a whole lot about this lady, other than that she called them to help her out at the Exaltation Day Gala before it turned into the super murder party uh, with much more mundane tasks. Trying to push through a vote. Because the Exaltation Day Gala is not just about what any man in Taldor can achieve. It's not just about ascending to noblehood. It's about the nation as a whole moving forward and progressing. And that happens with a vote. The opening of the Senate for that year, and they all convene in the hall. Unfortunately, perfectly ripe for a mass murder if your emperor decides he hates everybody. But this year, the issue at hand was incredibly major. It was how primogeniture is dealt with in the main royal bloodline, the ruling bloodline of the country. You see, previously, and technically, maybe still for now, only male heirs could take the throne. There could only be emperors and grand princes. There could never be an empress or a queen. This year, Princess Eutropia, here on the cover, gigantic, glorified for you, sought to change that. As the daughter of the grand prince and his only surviving heir, Eutropia had worked tirelessly for her whole political career using the clout that she had as the princess to try to overturn this ancient law. To try to bring Taldor into the modern times and stop them from being held back and mired down by traditions centuries old. Martella agreed. And she hired the group to arrive at the gala and do some various under-the-table tasks for her to try to ensure that this vote passed at this new form of primogeniture where anyone could inherit the bloodline regardless of gender would go through. And with the party's help and Lady Martella's work, they were technically successful immediately before Stavian killed everybody. But now, having been brought together by these events and the subsequent Adventures are where Martella had found herself in a rather difficult situation. The party banded together to try to pull her out of that. And introducing her own new agent into the fray with Kahina. 
we find ourselves in the aftermath. Where we are today is the streets of Vapara. The capital city of Taldor. The, the main flagship. Where they have been around a good bit and they've seen a whole bunch of various locations and all these different icons. You don't need to super worry yourself about. Those are just different places in Opara that have been relevant at some point. And this circle around Imperial Square simply represents the military blockade that has kept the palace on lockdown since the, well, you know. Incident. Incident. That's a, that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> this is where all of you live. Or at least, this is where all of you have currently been staying. And here, on the streets of Apara, is where our story begins. So everyone, it's been a week since the Exaltation Day Massacre, as it's now come to be known. What have you guys been doing with your time? Let's do this backwards. We'll start with Dara. Had a week to yourself in town. What have you been up to? What have you accomplished? Uh, mostly, I went to go visit uh, a lot of my older military friends. The ones who I thought were more... Uh, not too strictly in the military. And not too, like, allied with one particular al cause, yeah, al really. uh, Not allied to Not the rallied so itself. hard behind Pytherius, the current commander-in-chief. Yeah. Not yeah, not rallied between behind the military itself, but rallied uh, allied behind the country, um, and kind of gotten a feel for the outlook on how a lot of my old time friends have been. Other than other than that, I've been mostly laying low and trying to regroup on how I think I'll handle future events if I run into other military men in, in conflict. In the aftermath of the massacre, the party and Martella found themselves the targets of a another unrelated, believe it or not, group of assassins who no. were possibly just trying to take the opportune moment to advance whatever their own shadowy agenda was. And they had been warned that the streets of Apara and Taldor as a whole were dangerous. Not only Martella, but each member of this group had found themselves marked. So it was a good idea for Dara to reach out to old contacts, try and find people he could trust, uh, somebody he could rely on without sticking his neck out too far, without taking just too much of a risk. What about you, Kahina? Um, Kahina has uh, two friends from the uh, Bard College that she's been talking with who are... Uh, also squarely in um, Eutropia's corner. Um, and since the city seems to be kind of divided <clears throat> on where their loyalties lie, on who they wish to see as the next ruler, she's been um, kind of goading some of them into going out and using their bardic talents to uh, uh, spread the good word as it is, sing the praises of uh, Princess Eutropia to kind of sway some more of the common folk. Uh, and she's also uh, has uh, two of her cousins uh, from her mother's side of the family who are merchant traders um, who she has currently 
I had a meeting with um, who are um, going about and um, kind of gathering some information and stuff, not only about the current state of certain parts of the city, but also uh, using them to um, maybe possibly try to get some information on uh, the man she seeks to dethrone, as it were. Okay, yeah, just so secu- also securing her own contracts, uh, contacts, trying to search for more mm-hmm. information in the aftermath, see how things are settling. The major war for the crown itself, supposedly, as it as it is coming to be known, is a great divide. It's it's not straightforward. Technically, in that Senate session, primogeniture, a male only primogeniture, was overturned making Princess Eutropia the next in line for the throne. However, most of the senators and general political figures that were there, well, they died. And reports of what actually happened on Senate Hill in the hall are conflicted. Nobody really knows how to proceed, and since there's nobody at the head of the nation, as the Grand Emperor Stavian himself was killed in the aftermath of... The mess he created, ironically enough. Taldor is very, very fractured. (laughs) And different regions of the country are supporting different senators, different figures in their various bids for the throne. Pretty much anyone with the tiniest amount of political power right now is trying to leverage that into their own shot at the Primogen crown. But the main two, as you can even see here on this map, are Princess Eutropia and a man called Maxilar Pytherius. Pytherius has a lot of weight behind him, and as the party was informed by Martella, he was formally adopted by the Grand Prince Stavian. Stavian saw what was happening. He, he never agreed with his own daughter taking the throne. He didn't want to see that happen. He didn't agree with Eutropia, and it's not exactly uncommon knowledge. He'd go to basically any lengths to prevent it. But this, this is a little ridiculous. Don't you think? Adopting the commander-in-chief of the military formally, putting him next in line for the throne, skipping the actual blood connection and making it purely titles. But, It happened, and he has produced documentation, very verifiable, and at least apparently legitimate documentation to prove it. Which means that his claim to the throne is as valid, if not more so, than Princess Eutropia's. So it is quite a battle. It's quite a struggle. Not to mention there's all these other various senators, including Starborn up there in the corner. Bless her dumb little no heart. (laughs) Including Starborn. Who thinks she can do what's best for her people up in the Verudan Forest, the uh, gnomes and tree folk that she actually cares about if she had power? But let's keep going down the line. Nell, you've had a week. Where's it put you? What do you do other than just drink your heart out? Well, Nell would have actually been working the whole week. Not okay. working for someone else, though. Since we have now chosen to support Princess Eutropia, 
You show up, was, Yeah, okay. Since Points we have now hard. chosen to... Yeah, they are. Uh, back, Princess Eutropia. And he now has a new set of armor and shield that he needs to restylize. Because as it was mentioned earlier, worship of Shaylin is actually common in this party. He also worships Shaylin. So, so you get that spent... big old rainbow figure emblazoned yep. on your Whee! new fancy magic breastplate so you guys can be shelling bros heading <laughs> off into the wherever it is we're going to be heading off into helping out Lady Martella. And he's the but... wall, so I get to hide behind him and poke over him with the exactly. glaive. That's, that, that's pretty much the point. We're going to have like the shelling nugget with the shield and the glaive poking over. All right, and Nori. Well, that's not all he would have would have been. Oh, doing. we got more. Okay, continue. Sorry, yeah. I thought that was he would the have, brief thing was the the painting. Well, no, he he would have specifically been painting, as well as stylization as from his previous armor using scraps of silver and pieces of chainmail and and stuff to make the armor look nicer, since it was a very old, outdated set. He would okay. have painted a visage of Princess Eutropia. Onto the we're going, we're going with a direct approach. All right, very going to visibly throw his weight behind the candidate he supports here, as he tries to put Eutropia on the throne, or rather stop anyone else from claiming the throne. That's that's admirable. Taking your own cause, putting your neck out, making not even not even a hint of subtlety. That's the most Nell Starwart thing I've ever heard of anybody doing. There is no subtlety here. <laughs> Only wall. All right, Inori. I know you were concerned about the white raven up here yeah. in the uh, the northeastern part near the Crownsgate district. Your bounty hunting agency is not exactly in the best part of town. And that's even in good times. And this here, what we've got, is, is pretty far from the good times. So what have you been doing with your week? Well, as you said, yeah, she wants to get back to her shop as she calls it the white raven uh mm -hmm. where she runs uh the business and where she basically lives um now with a newfound amount of money and uh a newfound respect for the, the, the business you know because when you almost lose something it's that's when you realize how much it really means to you mm. she wants to uh use some of that money and start trying to fix it up and try to get back to the normal routine that you know even though it's almost impossible to do after everything has happened you know, run some jobs, collect some bounties, fix up the shop. Maybe yeah, try I to mean, hire I'm sure people. the guards could use your help at this point. With yeah, the, uh... probably. No, probably... it's not exactly a lawless wasteland in Napara because for the most part, business is going on as usual. But still, they're, I'm sure, very occupied with still dealing with the aftermath of the massacre. Bounties might be even a bit higher than usual. Good business. Growth industry. And so you're uh, just trying to make sure all your eggs are in order. But continue. I interrupt. No, that's, you know, that trying to get back into to normal, you know. Um, and whenever she gets time, try to have some of her people that she, contacts she knows in the under, apart and underground to dig up some stuff on a certain name she heard. Oh, really? What would that name for. be? Milam Jareth. Interesting. For in, uh, anything she could find on him, but while trying to stay, you know, off the channel so no one would pick up that she's really asking around. So as we had discussed briefly during a character intro, Inori is very dedicated to finding 
whoever killed your father. A noble, if somewhat cliched goal, but we'll give it to you because you've got a fairly good reason for it. And we have the interesting wrench that you have an intelligent sword. Your father's intelligent sword that he definitely had at the time. So, it knows. It gave you the name. But, CRN has been mildly uncooperative overall. It does seem like, at least now with these recent trials that you and this entire nation's been thrown into, it's starting to warm up to you a little bit. Maybe your own sword may actually end up helping you at some point down the road. <laughs> Maybe. You just had to earn its approval first. All right, Baylor. I'm sure a week of downtime is much more appreciated by the wizard who wanted nothing more than to sit in a local senate after having to fend off uh, assassins with a contract for his head. Not really what you were after when you agreed to help uh, Lady Martella. So what have you been doing with too old for this time? stuff. It's way too old for this. <laughs> well, he's been more sticking to what he knows. He never was officially schooled in Opara specifically, but he does have contacts around it. Wizards and stuff that he knows, and he's been kind of seeking them out, getting together materials for his spellbook and scroll crafting. He doesn't exactly know what the plan is going forward, but he's been looking into spells that could perhaps be helpful with that. Possibly. Things that should you, I don't know, end up having to fight an entire Brotherhood of Assassins again <laughs> may help you out more than Press the digitation of the tech magic. And charm person. And, <laughs> and charm person. The stuff he typically had on him. The, th uh, the things that were more prepared for your traditional situation that you would find yourself in. Now, we don't normally start off every session here with uh, 40 minutes of character introductions and backstory, of course. But seeing as this is our first time streaming over here on the Paizo channel, I figured it was probably best... That we give you a little insight into who these characters are. Who these various faces that my players have brought here to the party. Uh, and their bits of motivations and their goals. Before we just dive ahead first into Songbird Scion Saboteur. Because this is an adventure that surely is going to take us, well, places. Very exciting places. And it's difficult to know, or rather to really appreciate where you're going... If you don't know where you're coming from, I am 13, this is deep. So, more importantly with this week, all of you to some extent have tried to rally trusted friends, contacts, uh, people you know. Uh, try to bring together a network of support. Each of you, in your days in the Apara streets following the events with the Exaltation Day Massacre itself and also in the rescuing Martella afterwards have been more noticed and this would be fairly apparent no you were minor public figures before I mean you've got a nobleman a disgraced nobleman which is even more exciting than a nobleman uh, a face of military recruitment the guy who was on the posters you, you've got all of this already in the party so it's not uncommon for people to just recognize you but this is different not everyone at the gala died, of course. Maybe a third of the Senate 
of the main seat of Apara's government was slain there, and dozens more various aides and pages. But a lot of them survived. You made your mark on a lot of them, and your time at that exaltation gala, and the events afterward, subtle as you may have tried to be, well, now literally painted Princess Etropia on his shield. And you got some assistance from the Pathfinder Society in assaulting that warehouse in the form of two faces that you here in this channel might recognize, Valeros and Mauricio. And if you know Valeros, he is uh, maybe less subtle than Nell, if that's physically possible. Your plan... I still need to share a drink with him. Uh, if, you, uh, if your pads ever cross again, I'm sure he is more than down with that. Well, the point is, word gets around, and as thirsty as you all are for information and an understanding of what's happening and where you are and where you're headed, so too is everybody else in Apara. And you are finding yourselves at the center of that. Now, this introduces a pretty cool new mechanic into Pathfinder called Personas. I'm going to bring this up. I have talked to all of you about this briefly, but since we haven't done anything with it yet, we're going to go over it again one more time. Just because, seriously, this is an entirely brand new system uh, for Pathfinder as a whole. So it's not just interesting knowledge to you, it's interesting knowledge to anyone trying to watch and keep up. You basically all got six new stats. You have Heroism... Sacrifice, Subterfuge, Genius, Sagacity, and Charm. Each of these stats represent your growing renown throughout Taldor. Your reputation. Not just how well you are known, but what you're known for. And for your deeds so far, Anopara, each of you have a couple of ranks. You've got one in one of the first three of those based on your deeds, and one in one of the second set based on your stats. And I put those all on your character sheets under additional down in the notes at the very bottom because I did not know of a better way to put it. And for those of you familiar with Roll20, we are using the built-in Roll20 character sheets, the integrated ones that went up fairly recently actually, which are just a really, really cool addition to playing online. Because we get real quick access to clicking on a button and just oh, having dice fun. roll. Sorry. And having it factor in everything off your character sheet, including conditions automatically, which makes some of the math involved very much simpler. But each of you have got one point and two of those stats to represent your growing prestige. Each of you. Now, these contacts that you have all reached out to over the last week as you've been trying to get a hold of whoever you can and whoever you believe you can trust is represented by followers. As your renown increases, as you become more well-known, and your cause is heard across Taldor, eh, for now, maybe across some of Opara, <laughs> or maybe around where you've had the most impact, but it will grow, as heroes do, you will gain more and more of these followers and the ability to do cool and interesting things with them. For right now, since each of you have two ranks and you have two followers per rank, quick maths, everyone's got four 
followers. Dara, you have some military contacts you've reached out to that you know that you can trust. Kahina, you went back to some of your friends and your acquaintances from the Bardic Colleges, people you'd worked with uh, and learned with before that you felt comfortable putting your fate in their hands. And Nori, you have a couple of contacts in the underground you've worked with, people you can reach out to uh, with your service as a bounty hunter, people you've met or helped out who maybe owe you one. Baylor, you have people that have been to some of your lectures, maybe other wizards you may have spoken to, people you've taught or made an impression on or learned with. Nell, you didn't really give me anything to go on, so you also have four people. But... <laughs> you got that guy you bought some paint from? Yeah, he's pretty cool. Yeah, you, you met those, uh, those... Well, I mean, one he spends artists... a lot of time out at, like, uh, the pub. You got drinking buddies. Drinking buddies, drinking buddies got... yes. Exactly. <laughs> you can drinking make some really good buddies. friends that, that way. You yes, can. can. That's fair. That's fair. That's where I meet my most trusted friends is at the bar, heavily intoxicated. <laughs> <laughs> That's how uh, Nell does things. So each of you have no, got a small... it works a lot better for people who drink. It does. It's pretty hard to do <laughs> no. when you don't drink. So I guess I wouldn't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it is the best way to make trusting contacts. Point is, each of you got four followers. So over the course of this week, following the events of the Exaltation Day Massacre, you get what is called one persona phase. And again, this is a brand new mechanic. Now, with your persona phase, you can do one of two things. I'm going to go away from the mic for a second. I turn Brent up so she can be heard a little better. You can do one of two things. You can either spend the time developing your own persona. And I think with the threads you've laid about the reaching out to more military contacts or friends from the Bardic Colleges or associates from bounty hunting or whatever. Each of you is pretty well set to develop your persona with this first phase. Now how this works is you pick one of those six stats. Heroism, Sacrifice, Subterfuge, Genius, Sagacity, Charm. Whichever one you want. You can bring one you don't have up or you can add an additional point to one you already have. But you are going to try to do something in order to continue to grow your renown. And there's a list in here of things that you can do. Uh, for instance, for sacrifice. I know Nell has a rank of sacrifice. He could spend some of the time, uh, in addition to getting this work done with his breastplate and his shield, this new heraldry, and drinking, performing some charitable acts, inserting himself into the people around Apar and just getting his face out there. Maybe not even intentionally to rally support, but regardless of his goals, the results are going to be more people believing in him. Now, each of these actions requires a skill check. A skill check is going to be harder the higher rank you're trying to go to. It's more difficult to raise a facet from 1 to 2 than it is to raise it from 0 to 1. In addition... There is this list of uh, various things here on this sheet that you're all looking at that shows which ranks can be raised by which actions and what skill checks you'll be making to try and raise that rank. Now, that said, you do not have to stick to these. If you have a great, flavorful, in-character idea of something you can do, and a way you could utilize one of your good skills to try to develop your persona, by all means, this is Pathfinder. Roleplay it. 
and I will give you those dice. But if you think I'm going to let you use Intimidate to raise all six of your skills, you're wrong, <laughs> and you're going to be sad. So, Baylor, first Persona phase. What do you want to do? I believe what you were talking about before. I'm going to give a lecture. That is one of the uh, actual things on there that's just given it as an example, even. It's perfect, because that's exactly what you would do. So he's going to head down to one of the local wizarding colleges and speak. And performing your lecture, you are going to use which of your knowledges? What are you going to speak about? I'm going to go with Knowledge Arcana this time. Right. Simple. Straightforward. We got to teach him about magic. He's a wizard, after all. So make me... A knowledge arcana check to see if you make enough of an impression to gain another point in, uh, I'm assuming, genius. Yep. Let's see how this goes. And you get a 25? Absolutely. That's a pretty solid lecture. Baylor, this is your element. Fighting, spamming acid splash, not so much. Going into a lecture hall and teaching people about magic, that's what you can do real well. And over the, over the uh, first half of this week, you managed to raise your genius from one to two, and you now have six followers. Two more of your contacts that you have reached out to that may have just been around and attending. You get to know a little better. You get to trust, and you believe you can confide in them. And Nori, how about you? Um, I'd like to try to rage my, raise my subterfuge. Could I maybe... I meet with my foreign underground people. Uh, arrange, do you want to arrange a secret meeting? Yeah, that'll work. Um, secret meeting about foreign underground. Yeah, now you're either going to do that if you want to raise your subterfuge with a disguise check, escape artist, or if you have a better idea, because I don't think Anori is super great at either of those. How about... Uh, lore apart and underground can i use that that one? would be pretty perfect yes yeah, be a great place to use your lore apart and underground and it would also be a great moment you found several uses for it well, shut up true. it's come up a couple times you knew about the drugs with it this would be a good time while you're rolling that skill that no one's ever heard of to take a brief moment to explain the little bits of tiny modifications I mean, everyone that plays pathfinder outside their first time, and even their first time, they just don't know it because they didn't read the rules well enough, has some small pile of things they do a little differently. And this one actually is just a, an official variant rule set called Background Skills, which basically divides the skill ranks into active skills and background skills or flavor skills. And this allows you to put your skill ranks into things like acrobatics and escape artists and diplomacy that come up all the time and are useful in gameplay, but get an additional pool of extra skill points that can only be used in some of the more flavorful skills, like knowledge engineering or craft, that you always, to some degree, kind of feel bad putting a rank in that you could have put in perception. Background <laughs> skills is a fantastic variant rule set, so we, we do use that. Uh, it adds two new skills, artistry, which I don't believe anybody has, and lore, which is like a knowledge skill, but really, really specific. Perfect for this situation, though. Roll me that lore, a par in underground. 
And it makes perfect sense because she is, in fact, a bounty hunter. So, uh, let's see here. And I guess I should also take the moment to clarify, too, that we are still playing first edition Pathfinder because I'm aware there is second edition playtest Pathfinder now. This War for the Crown is not that. This is Pathfinder 1E. We play in the good old, the classic for now, but definitely interested in jumping on some of that second edition or possibly even adapting some of the later stages of the campaign over. But we have pilfered a few rules from second edition, and as we come to variant rule sets or house rules that we'll be, that we're using, I will, and if I don't, somebody in this group remind me, stop and explain to you what we're doing and why he's rolling a skill check that doesn't exist. Don't worry, we got you covered. But, uh, with a 20, you reach deep out into your network and you find a couple more contacts that, for whatever reason, you can trust. Maybe they just really owe you. Like, life-saving debt kind of thing. But you're sure... They're not going to turn coat. You get two more followers, and your subterfuge increases to two. How about you, nice. Nell Stalwart? I'm going to do exactly what you expect. During the day, he's going to be painting, but in the evenings and at night, he's going to be out at the bars paying for people's nights and telling jokes. And I'm going to attempt to use perform comedy to raise my charm. Okay. All right. I'll let it happen. Perform comedy seems like a perfect skill to use to, ra to raise your general charm as you go out and buy people drinks and uh, just keep the party going long after it may have stopped on its own. But uh, with a 17, you're quite an entertaining guy. But unfortunately, a few days of reaching out of the bars just trying to play the funny man doesn't really rally you any big support behind you. It doesn't noticeably raise your renown in a way that would be helpful in the grand political scheme. Unfortunate. Kahina, you're up. Um, Kahina uh, is going to use some of her friends from the Bard College, and uh, she's not going to organize a party, but she is going to organize a show. Oh. Okay. So she's a performance. Going to, she's going to organize a performance with her and her friends uh, putting on um, a play. Um, so she is going to, I will use perform oratory. What are you trying to raise? Or, or, or I'm trying to raise my, uh, my charm. So okay. I guess I could use diplomacy too. So, uh, yeah, I'll, you could literally just, I would let you just use the regular organized party thing for this. Okay. And you just, okay. uh, your party is just a performance with mm -hmm. you and some of your fellows from the Bardic College, from the Kitharodian Academy or whatever it is you went. But <sighs> similarly to Nell, rolling a three on the die, unfortunately. Yeah, of course I did. Total of a 16. <laughs> That's enjoyed. It wasn't a one. <laughs> they appreciated it. It was a good show but you didn't really forge any new meaningful connections with any of your fellow actors or any nobles who may have arrived. Dara, we got you last. You've been trying to pull the military, uh, some of your old military friends behind you. How are you going to try yeah. and rally more support with this week specifically? So I've got a couple uh, older uh, military uh, veterans, and so I'm going to bring in and also have a... Uh, small get-together with some young talent that were uh, that I thought had a really big future 
that I recruited and have them meet some of the older, more experienced veterans that they okay. really look up to and have them try and influence them with me. All right. So what are you trying to raise and what are you trying to roll for it? Um, I guess subterfuge. You want to raise subterfuge? Okay. And what do you want to roll for it? Um, I'm not sure. What would you suggest? Well, that is an interesting one. Uh, trying to bring people together like that, I would say bluff or knowledge local. Or if you're really just trying to reach out to military contacts, profession soldier uh, would be a fantastic way to try to pull people together. Okay, so I'll do profession soldier. Yeah, why don't you roll me that profession soldier? Ooh! Ooh, we starting <laughs> oh, no. strong so over close. here today. Here it comes. We're we ticking them the down. Ones. We had the nine, then the three, then the two. Oh, baby. Spicy <laughs> dice. I didn't Love it. It's hard to get back tonight. to normal life after yeah. all the crap we just went through. It is. You have been in a, living a very, very difficult existence for a few days. And it kind of goes the opposite of the direction that you were hoping. With what newfound renown you have, some of the contacts you reach out to just don't come back. They don't return. They don't follow up. Your summons go unanswered and your messages receive no reply. As some of the people you try to reach out to make it fairly obvious either their support is elsewhere or they're just trying to distance themselves from this entire thing. Now, good news for those of you that failed and even those of you that were successful. We get one more Persona phase before this week is over. Just to introduce this and give you a little more opportunity to try and build up your support base. Now, with the second one, I'm going to introduce a different thing that you can do. If you have two ranks in a facet, which two of you do because you were successful. If you have two ranks in a facet, then instead of trying to rally more support and trying to raise your own renown, you can send your followers on something called an operation. Now, this really depends on how much support you have available and how powerful you are in one facet. And this is where it kind of starts to limit you a bit. But instead of recruiting further, if either Baylor or Inori wants to launch an operation based on your facet you have two ranks in, you can do that. And the way these work is that you take the followers you have and put them to work. Now let's just start with the first one here, Filter Rumors, because it's fairly straightforward. You send out your followers to learn, and they do their best to try to separate fact from fiction, the local gossip from information actually worth knowing. So at some point, when you or any other player character during the next Persona phase makes a diplomacy check to gather information, Instead of doing that, I will roll what's called an operation check, which is a roll with a bonus equal to the number of agents you committed to the operation. And uh, early on with things like this, there's no reason to uh, not commit all of them. There are some operations later where it gets risky, but for something like this, since you can only have one operation going at once, there's really no reason not to send all six of your dudes out and just get a plus six on the roll. But instead of your diplomacy check, if you have, I don't know, really bad diplomacy, you can get an operation check instead. And if it's successful... Oh, it's not even not instead. My mistake. You would 
get the rumor as normal. You'd also get the operation check that tells you whether that rumor is true or not. Which is just as important as getting the rumor itself. Because sometimes, they're just gossip. And it's not gonna be the first time that the two perception squad has been led into deceit by <laughs> crap that they just heard from the local populace. But if you look through this list here, what do you got to in, Baylor? Genius? Yes. Uh, you have a couple that you can get to with Genius. You can have them research for you, which means if there becomes a, comes a situation for you to research something, they'll have researched it for you. Uh, recover agents doesn't matter right now. You can have them craft things for you. Or uh, last-ditch effort's kind of a special one. There's, there's not a ton you can do with these operations uh, right now with access to only one facet, which is why spreading can actually be useful. Because you may notice how many ranks you have in the facet does not affect the success rate of these missions. So if you have two in everything, you still get, what would that be? 12 total ranks of 24 followers that could all be sent on, a, on a, an operation for any facet. But increasing your facets further, I promise you, is its own reward. Uh, further beyond two, as you will just continue to get better and better things as you go on. So you've got options, Baylor. You want to try to develop your persona or do you want to launch an operation? I will tell you, since that first persona phase, I kind of pigeonholed you into developing A for the just the experience of rolling some dice, and B because you didn't really have an opportunity to use it. If you do an operation here, this operation will persist through the first section of Songbird Zion Saboteur. Even after you leave Apara. Up to you. I still want to work on developing mine. Probably a good idea. What do you want to do this week? And there's nothing that stops you from doing the same thing again and just giving more lectures. But of course, as you're trying to increase your genius further, you're going to have to roll better. Now, the last thing I'll tell you real quick is you can't have more ranks in one facet than your character level. So you currently can't go above four. And you can't have more total ranks than twice your character level. You're not really in danger of hitting either of those right now, but just keep that in the back of your minds. You got some limits based on your level in there, but go ahead and tell me what you're going to do. I'd like to give another lecture, but this one possibly more complicated than the last. Okay. All right. Sounds good. What knowledge are we using? Well, I have Pragmatic Activator, which lets me use my intelligence to use magic device rather than using charisma for it. So you want and I think a more hands-on kind of demonstration. Or you want to just talk about, literally about, the ability to activate items through sheer understanding, rather than your own personal force of magic or kind of innate power, just knowing exactly how to apply your own magic to a thing. Okay, I'll give it, I'll, I'll give it, I'll give it. You want another genius rank, I'm assuming? Yep. I'll give it to you. Roll me that use magic device check. 25 again. Real consistent here on the dice. Wow. And that's pretty good. That'll give you two more followers. Bring you up to eight and a third rank in genius. And boy, do we want to tell him what he's won. You're pretty well known at this point. That is something very few people can accomplish. It is incredibly uncommon to have the ability to activate magical artifacts through sheer understanding and practical application 
of your own arcane magic. That's not something people can do. And with this, you have gained enough renown for a new benefit from your three genius. So at some point before the next persona phase, and it refreshes every persona phase, so if you want to write this down as a once per persona phase ability, wherever you decide, you can leverage your renown, your giant wizard brain, for a bonus to a skill check, actually. You can get a plus two that you can just pull out of your pocket for any knowledge check once per persona phase. Before you roll, or can you tack it on after if you, like, botch it? You know... It technically says, let's go with as written. You gotta announce you're using it. So if you really, really want to know something, you gotta throw it on there. I was thinking it'd be cool to give it to you after, but let's stick to at least some degree of rules as written Pathfinder here. <laughs> Just going out the window <laughs> immediately. Hey, I've never played this system before, and it's gone. No. <laughs> so you gotta do it um, after you've rolled, but before I told you if you were successful. How's that? So I can't turn it into a success, but if you I can. feel like I... Well, I, but, well, I can't know that I failed and then right. turn it into a right, success. Right, right, right. So you can roll, and if it's really important knowledge and you rolled a four, and you end up with, what does that give you, a 39 or whatever with your ridiculous knowledge? <laughs> and you really feel uh, like you needed... A, be it a was minimum a, 13. <laughs> and you feel like it was DC 15. You can drop that plus two before I tell you if you're successful or not. Okay? Cool. Inori. Um, I'd like to try and maybe raise the other skill, the, the genius one that I have. Okay. So bring them so, both up is the idea. You, uh, you, do you have genius? Oh yeah, you do have genius because you are still a magus and you definitely had int. Fair enough. Uh, all right. So what do you want to do? Because I'm assuming you probably don't bring, give lectures. No, no, exactly. <laughs> probably Which not what you're after. Reading this one, it kind of makes sense. Uh, research. If I could have them research, you know, my, my target, that would be pretty beneficial all around. That would definitely help you out. All right. So you're going to do a little bit of research. How are you rolling? Ooh, that's the trick, huh? Because it ain't a par in underground. Not this time. No. You're letting you use that not, for both. Not this time. I can't use that for this one. What do I roll for genius? I think uh, if you're trying to do some research, like a, a knowledge would be good. Or if you're trying to send them to learn something about this Milton Jareth, I might give you diplomacy or bluff. The ones that come to mind for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I can do diplomacy. All right, give me a diplomacy work. check. This is Razor Genius to two, right? Uh, yes. Okay. 25! We got all the spicy dice on two people here. And up you go, also getting two new followers and going up to two in Genius. So you, for later Persona phases, you now have access to Genius and Subterfuge operations. Nell, you want to do better? You going to keep trying to be funny? I actually would like... 
I'll keep being funny. I'll, I'll All right, funny guy, give me that profession later. comedy. Do yeah, I think better. He's funny over here. Look at this funny guy thinking he's funny. This funny guy is gonna tell. He's some not funny, funny at all. <laughs> You're not even remotely get boo, boo, boo him off the. Hold on, I have. They laugh because I'm paying for their drinks. Boo him off the freaking stage. <laughs> oh no, you didn't. I can't believe you have that. Oh, uninstall now. <laughs> how can you not believe that? How long have you known Squid? How could you not uh, believe that? How long have you known that? me? Come on. Come on. I, I got sideswiped by that one. I gotta be honest. It could be the beer, but I don't know. So, some of you astute viewers in both the audience and the party may have noticed the, you know, background sounds of Apara behind this. It's not just a music playlist. Uh, we have got something, and this is new and exciting, and I didn't know about it until Dan... I'm going to get full credit for introducing me to this. Show me what might be the coolest thing that exists. It's called Sirenscape. And it is a giant fantasy tabletop soundboard. And nice. I have access to so much potential here. I, I can find something for basically every situation. So not we don't just have background music now we have this ambiance we have the people of the of the streets we have the town of opara around us we got that immersive hit there how cool is that pretty cool i think it's pretty right. cool it's pretty cool science gets pretty dope anyway nell sucks kahina <laughs> <laughs> okay so all right i was thinking maybe sabotage opponent but instead okay. of the sleight of hand or the stealth or the subterfuge, I still want to raise the charm. So th this says you cunningly set one of your opponents up for a fall, perhaps causing one of his shameful secrets to go public. What if the secret wasn't necessarily true? But so I think that's the idea really of sabotage bad. opponent, yes. Yeah. I am so, unclear on how you're raising charm with this. How are bluff. people knowing you as being more charming? Like um, or, I mean, raising subterfuge, not, I'm sorry. Oh, raising subterfuge. Okay, using no. bluff, because it's not necessarily true. I'll give it to you. That's, okay. that's good. That's good. I was like, I'm unclear on how you're getting more charming no, I meant this. subterfuge, but using right. bluff instead, because I'm good. making right. it up. Roll me that bluff check. Ooh. Oh, no. God. Oh, Oof. no. Oof. It's that just, it just hurts, man. Oh, that hurts just, me here. Hurts after Nell. Hey, hey, air high five, bro. Yeah. In <laughs> case anyone was curious, <sighs> the D twenty does have a one on it. One of the sides on a D twenty is is the hot spicy Uno. And Mr. I like to Chai's, find that hot spicy Uno more often than not. She is still the one. I am still the one. Shemmy, what was that song? You are the one. <laughs> Dara. Some things never change. Dara, please redeem yourself. <laughs> it can't go down like this. Okay, so I am going to go to a bar that uh, I know that two kind of on-the-fence uh, military guys go to, and they hold their cards really close to the chest. Okay. And I am going to try and get the uh, subterfuge again. And roll a um, 
a sense motive. Okay. So you're trying to get your subterfuge up to one, right? You don't have subterfuge yeah. right now. Okay. So roll me that sense motive check as you show up to meet these people. It's just, oh, it's just I feel it in my bones. You hate to watch these things happen. You just hate to watch them happen. Well, two people got two extra ranks and are, I mean, Baylor and Ori are having a great time. Growing Why their does this renown. feel like the gala all over again? Growing their, <laughs> growing their pace. And now Kahina and Dara, well, Nell and Dara aren't really used to this kind of face, this kind of trying to rally a support base. Kahina, you would think, would be. But maybe she's just a little camera shy now that so much is on the line. And you got the fate of a nation at your feet here. But with that... That wraps up our week of downtime. At the end of this week, each of you at your various homes, residences, shop, possibly also the uh, Inori's shop if you're Dara and you're hanging out there sometime, you would have a messenger reach you. Now his words were pretty simple. He needed you to meet Lady Martella at the Porthmas Club. This is a new icon. I have added the apartment map here that we did not have previously. Up here in Erodin's view, who's got knowledge local and might know anything about this fine establishment? Let's see uh, about that. I have some. Okay. Anyone who wants to roll, go ahead. Let's just be what your character knows specifically. Nothing. Next. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> Um, no. Just brush over that. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't no. know that front of town. <laughs> you, you don't, really. I mean, you, you kind of live down on Worldbreaker Hill, like not too far down from there. But, I mean, you don't live a terribly fancy life. You're reserved. You're modest. You probably wouldn't have been to a place like the Poitmas Club. Uh, neither would have Nell, really, but he knows some about it, as does Kahina. They'll at least have heard of it. It's a very fine establishment indeed. A very exclusive tea house that actually requires membership to so much as enter. Understandable why Martella would want to meet you there as it's just going to have a very much smaller and hopefully more private clientele. But you're to meet her there the next morning. And according to the messenger, you've been instructed to pack for a long trip through the country. Bring at least one fine outfit, a suitable hunting outfit, and at least one respectable mask or costume. Well, I need to go shopping. I think some of you do, in fact, need to go shopping. That sounds pretty important. That's a, I don't think you own most of those things. Once upon a time, Inori owned a nice dress. And, well... Yeah, I don't think torn that... torn apart by rats. Yeah, yeah, it was very, very torn apart by rats. That's uh, not really a thing that you have anymore. So you head down into the marketplace. Uh, up near the, the Lion's Gate, down near the ports. You got merchants hawking their wares left, right, and center. It's a par, and regardless, business is still proceeding as usual down here. You've got all kinds of options and things you can get. So... What are you guys after? Because there's a few outfits you can try to get a hold of. There's 
various levels of fancy. Uh, most of you might, or some of you might still have your courtier's outfit that you had gotten before you headed out to the gala. But it goes higher than that. You can get a noble's outfit, there's royal outfits, but it's just like tiers of really how much do you want to spend on what you would consider a fine outfit. A hunting outfit's another thing entirely. And a costume? The party, uh, you're gonna meet up for this? It would be a safe assumption that this messenger would have reached out to each of you. So, it'd be easy for you to gather together and go on one nice collective shopping uh, shopping trip to the apartment markets. Who needs to buy clothes? So, I have a question, Squid. I have an Do answer. Do I need to buy clothes because I come, I have already bought sleeves of mini garments. That's pretty useful. Uh, the wearers not, of these sleeves can, when she slips them on, right choose now. to transform <laughs> the appearance of her current garments to any, yeah? any okay. other non-magical set of clothing. These new clothes fit her perfectly and are always clean and mended unless she specifically designates otherwise. That does you definitely... Disguise, yeah, it's it only a, changes your clothes. Yeah, I mean, that sounds exactly perfect, so I think you're pretty much good to go with your sleeves and mini garments. I didn't know you cool. bought that with your... Uh, with your character it, money. That's perfect. It, I did, because I'm a bard. I Pretty good idea. Costumes. So the rest of you, who still has, who needs to get a fancy outfit? I do. It's, it's I was going to assume that I would have the outfit, hunting one. Hey, uh, so if you want a courtier's outfit, Nell, you would surely have a courtier's outfit uh, that you could get. A courtier's outfit is like the lowest tier of what's considered fine. Probably. I mean, you could try to go lower, but, like, if she told you to bring a fine outfit, do you want to try to go lower? <laughs> 30 gold for a courtier's outfit. If you want to go up to a noble's outfit, it's 75 gold. And then if you want to go real big and fancy, you can either spend more than that on just a fancier outfit or jewelry, etc. It's really, it's clothes shopping. How fancy do you want to be? How much money do you want to spend on your outfit? I'm just giving you some generally accepted bars to hit here. Uh, Baylor, what do you got? What do you need? Well, I do still have my envoy ring. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it have disguised self to have a noble's outfit on? It absolutely does have disguised self to put a noble's Why outfit on. My clothes. So, yeah, you can use I mean, that. I don't have other outfits, but for the fancy one, I... Yeah, it does. La it lasts up to 24 hours, too. Yep, and it matches the local nobility. So you, both Chaws, have actually got magical artifacts who will make them look way fancier than they actually are. <laughs> so it sounds good to me. And Nori, what are you going for? I know you're not big on fancy things, but... No. Last time you were in a dress and heels, it didn't end well, if I remember correctly. No, it didn't. Uh, but if I gotta look... Good. The last one really didn't look great. So can I get like a, a noble's dress, perhaps? Absolutely can. Uh, that like tier to be considered nobles is at least 75 gold. Okay, and I'm gonna need a mask. And I'm gonna need a mask, and also how much you want to spend yeah. on it. Um, I want it to be a, a, a pretty good. A mask movie. can be anywhere from like I mean you can get. Like a Halloween party shop costume mask for like a silver. You could easily spend up to 50, 100 gold. It's against how hard do you want to go on like a masquerade mask. What are you after? 
uh, we just slot up oh, there. Is oh, there he is. What do you have here? Discord uh, did weird things. How about another 75 on a mask? Oh, that's. I mean, you, 75. You're oh. going like gem studded, super fine masquerade mask. Like, we're talking doubles as fancy jewelry for 75. I want you to again. We had this talk a couple times before. Understand how much a gold is, <laughs> because it's yeah. easy to lose track of being protagonist in a Pathfinder story. A gold is a lot of money. A knight in an inn is like five silver. <laughs> okay, gold, maybe 50 then. Yeah, think of a gold as like $50. Like it's... A gold is actually a lot of money. A 75 gold mask is just like a huge pile of gemstones. Well, she was kind of embarrassed with her dress at the gala and how it got shredded. And it's probably going to happen again, but she at least wants to look good doing it. Okay. So 75 gold into a, a very fine noble's outfit, and then how much into a mask? 50. 50. That's pretty top end of, like, filigree. Um, very much done with, like, some gold and silver work and, and fine uh, emblazoned designs across it. Very, Still a very, very fancy masquerade mask. About as much a status hard. symbol as a mask, but you're going for it there. All right, so you spend uh, 125 gold. And uh, whatever I need for a, a hunting outfit. So that, that's more really just what you want to spend on it. Just a kind of a traditional outfit to just, just go out. You're looking at like five silver or gold for just a more standard outfit. There's yeah, not like specifically uh, a hunting outfit, but just, just gear that you would take outside and not care if it gets dirty is obviously going to be a lot cheaper. Well, we'll we'll throw five gold at it, make it one thirty total. Okay, 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 we'll get the fancy hunting gear too. That you kind of care if it gets dirty. Kinda. All right, Nell, you got a fancy outfit. Uh, you at least have a carrier's outfit for sure. Do you want anything else? Oh, I had a noble's outfit that I wore to the gala. Oh, you have a noble's outfit. Fantastic. Okay. Do you want anything else? Uh, I'm gonna buy a hobgoblin mask. And yeah. hunting clothes. Yeah, fancy like costume hobgoblin mask. I like it. And yeah, some hunting like clothes. How much they is actually better? have a moving mouth. Oh, uh, that's a I'm thing. Only... Yeah, it's an actual, like, it's a figure goes over your head and it moves when you talk and stuff. Okay. That's real. Okay. How much is that? That's a, I didn't know that was a thing that uh, existed. Five to ten gold. I'm spending seven for a nicer looking one. Okay, fair enough. So uh, you've all, 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 of course, got your gold on your various sheets. I'm assuming you're ticking down whatever you're spending. Uh, mm -hmm. Dipping into party loot, should you have to. Uh, and I'm just going to buy you, a oh. set of peasants' clothes for hunting gear. Yeah, so just some cheap hunting outfit. Fair enough. Kahina, you've got your sleeves and mini garments. So yeah, you can. I still need a mask. You need a mask, but they can otherwise function as pretty much everything else put together. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll get a, a fancy jeweled one, like 100 gold. We're going like top end. Top end. Super to mask. The, because we she got, can make her stuff super fancy. You're playing so like what is realistically mask. a several thousand dollar mask. Yeah. She's going full bard on this. I'm she going is going. Full bard. We have full reached fit. maximum shelling. Sounds good to me. Dara. <laughs> um, does my military uniform count as a uh, formal attire? If you wanted to. Formal attire is what you make of it if you think wearing. Uh, that's what you did at the gala. Is you just wore your uh, your military armor, uh, and if you want to do that again, you are more than welcome to. It's just. I think it'll help um, with the way that I'm trying to win people over. Okay, fair enough. 
Oh, what about a mask or hunting outfit? I guess military outfit kind of functions for both. But what about a, like a mask? Uh, I'll get a mask. I'll just get like a, I don't know, five gold mask or something. Okay. Just a, I mean, five gold mask is still, that's a, that's a mask. And I, I'm yeah. still not positive. We're all really appreciating <laughs> how much a gold is here. Yeah, well, that's like a $250 mask. <laughs> Well, but we got a lot of money now all of a sudden. So, you do, you, know, you do. You, you did protagonist things, and uh, it turns out taking down a... Oh, it turns right, we out look good. working directly for even a deposed princess gives you access to a pretty good amount of money. So you all gather up these things together, and then you've been told to pack for a long trip through the country. Is there anything else that you want to buy or bring with you uh, that is not already on your various character sheets before you head up to the Portsmouth Club to meet with Martella. Just some extra rations. Okay, and you feel free to just buy those and throw them on your sheet as you see fit. <laughs> rations are what, like five swords? Pick up a bushel and throw them at your character sheet. The weight is more the problem than the money. Because most of you live the dangerous life on the cusp of over-encumbered. <laughs> as ten strength characters I want to be. So, Nell's got a bucket of snacks. Anyone else? So, what if I were to get rations? Uh, how much would they be and how much do they weigh? Uh, let me see. I'm, I want to say, because they're day rations. And they're decently heavy. Uh, it's one pound per day's worth of rations you want to bring with you. And they're five silver, so half of a gold. Now, keep in mind that, like, going into battle, you're not going to be carrying 20 days of rations in your backpack. <laughs> Hypothetically, going into battle. Stop metagaming. It's not Pathfinder. Yeah. It's, not, it's not fighting in my my good, noble roleplay. I think but, I might uh, just have get one just, you know, just to have... It's one day's worth of food. Long trip to the countryside. I'm not that hungry. One day's worth of food. Well, you know, it's good I mean, to have long trip was like unclear it. on the duration, to be fair. Yeah, well, a day trip's pretty long. <laughs> I agree. Oh, I'm also buying a tackle kit just in case we decide we want some fresh fish. Good idea. That's packing oh, so for can, a long trip in the country. Now. That's what we're looking for. You can try. You can throw a hook in the water and maybe we'll get lucky eventually. Fish are pretty dumb. I bet he thinks he can fish. He probably can't fish. I could be wrong. Well, a tackle kit comes with more than just a hook. Yeah, it's it's like a full thing like line and there's baits and sinkers and, and floaters it's like a, a book full on fishing how to fish <laughs> yeah literally like one of the boxes, not like toolbox style thing you bring fishing with you it's like one of those except no having point. exactly none of this <laughs> no faith no faith in the nell stalwart fishing show ever getting off the ground uh, anything else that you guys want to pick up before we move on? Back for a long trip to the country. Anything else we want to buy? Anything else we want to bring? Anything else you think you want to have access um, to? I think I might grab uh, two really good bottles of wine for, like, gifts for somebody. If we have to, like, grease palms or that something. That's a fantastic I, idea. I still have two gallons of ale. That is not what she's talking about that at all. That is not <laughs> fine. Will you calm down, you alcoholic? You that's, don't get to choose this. 
That is not even sort of close <laughs> to what she's, she's currently talking nowhere, about. Nowhere near. So, a, a fancy bottle of wine's probably going to run oh. you. Like, you want a good, some good top shelf wine, like 10 gold a yes. bottle. Okay. And then I got my thieves tools and stuff. Shout out to Sirenscape for letting me uh, manage the volume levels of various things that make up the ambience so I can turn that one guy who's going really hard on hockey players <laughs> oh, like half volume. <laughs> I, I like that they have, they have controls. I guess I could just actually show you guys on the stream here. I like that they have go across. I like that they have individual controls for all of the... Uh, all of the different things that are a part of what they call the busy marketplace. So I can turn, this was like up here by default. That guy was going way too hard. I had to tell that dude to rate it in. <laughs> no one's buying your whatever it is you're selling over there. Please calm down. Maybe it was fishing oh. kits. Maybe someone did buy it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if he's hawking fine wine or fishing kits, I mean, I apologize because that guy hit it on the money. Huh. Anyway. So, are we good? Are we good, friends? Yeah. Have we successfully prepared for our adventure? Into yeah, I'm a good survivor. I whatever we're doing in the countryside. That guy's still just going for it, even at half <laughs> volume. All right. So, with your things in tow, you take some time to get together whatever little pieces of memorabilia or goods you have from your home. Gather up everything that you have on your character sheet. Pack for a long journey and everyone heads out together to the Porthmus Club to go meet up with Martella. Now up in this district up here, up in Erodin's view, things are much quieter. Uh, you're away from the busy center of the town and you are very much away from that guy screaming whatever he's screaming about fishing kids. Leroy. And as you walk up here, that next morning, it's still relatively early. You're heading out for breakfast, possibly an early lunch. And as you approach the Porthmus Club, which regardless of what you know about it, I'm sure none of you have ever been to. In the morning light here, this cafe is the color of ripe market oranges. Maybe that's what that guy was selling, ripe market oranges. And as you approach, the aromas of a dozen teas intermingle around the doorway. Uh, Rodin's View is a very expensive district. Few wander the streets, giving the tea house an air of exclusivity. Even before you entered the place, a suited valet stands by the door, kind of eyeing your group as you approach. Now, are you wearing your fine clothes as you head out to this, or are you wearing your armor, etc., or just daily uh, outfits? What are we? What are we looking like? for me. Yep, using I'm my ring, armor. looking fancy. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing my normal, I guess, finery because he wouldn't really have like just average clothes but with does that armor still include on. your breastplate yeah okay i was, I was double checking who has yeah, armor I'm wearing on? the armor i'm wearing armor with the uh, uh smoke bomb ready to go at any time you do not have a smoke bomb in your head as you're walking there the effect on oh, the armor. oh right 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 you forgot that you got that special mist armor that's right a command word you can just vanish into a cloud of mist <laughs> yeah. oh yeah ready to go i guess that is smoke bomb ready to go at all times uh who else is wearing armor or who's not wearing armor can armor. I wear, can I wear my, my chain shirt with my dress? Half the point a of a chain shirt, yes. Uh, half the point of light armor is that you can wear it. I mean, you, you're clearly wearing it, but it's in Taldor, especially in times like this. It is far from uh, unheard of. It's not really going to turn any hands. And outside of, like, the highest 
of hoity-toity fancy establishments, no one's really gonna... I mean, no one anywhere probably is gonna stop you from entering, but only in the most exclusive company would anyone even consider that odd at all. Okay, that's what I'll do. Dress with my armor on. Okay. Uh, Baylor, you don't have armor, but did you cast mage armor? I did not cast mage armor before coming here. Okay. Uh, Kahina, armor? Well, she she's wearing her armor, but she has her sleeves, so it looks like oh, she's in fancy clothes. Did the sleeves make it look so you don't have armor on? Yeah. It probably acts as glamoured. It's, it's glamour. I mean, it's disguised self, just only clothes. Is so. it disguised self? I think so. It transforms... Okay, here's what I'm going to say. It transforms the appearance of your current garments. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's quite glamoured armor. That just makes whatever outfit you have on look like whatever outfit you want. I don't think that's going to hide the fact that you're wearing armor. It's a 200 gold item. It's not quite that powerful. But it will uh, let you wear just, like, comfortable clothes and look like you have a noble's outfit on. Okay. That's fine. So, armor or no? Uh, yeah, armor. Okay. I guess. If you have light, right you have light armor or medium? I have large armor. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you can also just wear it under your clothes, and then again, that's not a huge faux pas or anything. Mm-hmm. As you approach the Poythmus Club, this valet is just kind of watching. I mean, you're clearly coming towards it, however awkwardly. And uh, as you approach the door, he nods towards you and holds a hand out. Uh, palm up as if he's waiting for something. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. Are you... What are you looking for? This is an exclusive establishment. I assume if you want entry that you have memberships. We received an invite from a Martella Lothied. Hmm. I'm afraid that's not how it works if she's not here to enter you personally. And uh, as he says that, you see Martella coming towards the door behind him. And she just walks past and kind of waves a hand in his face and motions for the group you to follow in. And noise just looking at the guy shaking her head. Can't believe it. The valet, uh, equal parts crestfallen and kind of disappointed at his loss of his brief moment of power, steps aside and allows you all to follow Martella inside. Now, the inside of the club is kind of surprising. Surprisingly plain, really. I mean, viewed in isolation, the interior here could be the inside of any building, with fairly plain white stone floors and simple cafe tables scattered around with pairs or small gatherings of chairs. The only thing that really stands out is a glass-fronted counter stretching across the back, displaying a huge array of cream cakes and pastries, all labeled with overly fancy-sounding names and relatively exorbitant price tags. Martel leads you back to a corner booth, one of the larger ones where all of you can be seated together, and takes her seat first before nodding at the rest of you to join her. Take a seat. Mm. Yeah. And so the rest of you sit down. Thank you for joining me here on such short notice. I didn't know before yesterday what our best uses, uh, or what the future had in store for us, but please consider your meals and drinks today on my dime. Have what you will. And uh, very briefly afterward, a waiter approaches to take orders. Uh, Martell orders herself a very light, uh, just kind of like a meat crepe and 
fancy sounding tea, uh, ordering out an Ustalavic mix. Do you guys want to pick anything up right here? I would like some Dragon Punch whiskey. Oh, don't know if they're going to have that at the Poisonous Club. It's, this it's is expensive a, uh, whiskey. And this is a tea house, sir. I thought we could have whatever we want. I'm sad. Can your alcoholism wait for five it's minutes? It's not alcoholism. It's simply a nice establishment of expensive drinks. But Martella kind of smiles only and shrugs towards the waiter. We have more than teas, of course, if you'd like to see the menu, but few of the alcoholic options outside of the wine. Hmm. I can bring you a wine list. Do you have coffees? We do, sir. Just a, a coffee, then. I'm not so much a fan of teas. Hmm. Of course. And he makes a quick note. Uh, does anybody else like to order any drinks, any appetizers, light uh, breakfasts? Uh, Kahina raises her hand. Yes, I'll have a uh, a cinnamon tea. Hmm. Very well. And uh, I'll take, and then she turns around and looks at the pastry bar and picks like four different, just ridiculously sweet pastries. I'm looking, looking at the back, <laughs> looking at the back, you see a few just, things that stand out pointing. to you. There's a, that so you've got some options: a night fennel tarts, cave paprika cheesecakes, something simply labeled a rock cone, and near the edges there are a few creams: a manticore sorbet and something called an ugliosolo cake or ugliosolo cake as well as several just various flavored custards. Uh, it goes down to smaller appetizers uh, or smaller samplings, exo nut bonbons, and some basic uh, breakfast and meals like the crepes Martella's having. Uh, there's all sorts of things here. Uh, she's going to take, like, a cheesecake and and some bonbons and a crepe and a, just if it's sugar, she wants it on her plate. <laughs> Diabetic coma... I can't eat sugar anymore. She's going to eat all the sugar in the world for me. There you go. Live vicariously. Living vicariously. Your pen by vicariously. Sounds good to me. And uh, Martella kind of chuckles a bit and turns back towards Inori and Baylor. Anything? I mean it. Are you doing? Well, I mean, if you insist. Can I get uh, steak, eggs, and uh, a wine? Something red. Mm, I can do the uh, light... Eggs, sir, but uh, we don't have any steak. Uh, heavy, it's a Excuse breakfast. Excuse me, you see it's... this dress? It's, it's, it's ma'am, you fool. Uh, right, my mistake, ma'am. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Just bring. make sure you bring that wine, though. Seriously. Um, do you have a preference, at least? Reds or whites? A flavor, perhaps? Uh, Something red, like I uh, said. I'll bring you our daily. And uh, for you, sir, as he turns to the half-elf there, Whatever tea Martella ordered. Hmm. Of course, a second of the Ustlavic mix. I'll have that out shortly. And he turns and heads off. And, uh, Martella turns... Ah, did you? Ah. <laughs> Sorry, don't get it. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you got something. I thought you got something. I'm a terrible waiter, but it's okay. He's better than me because he works at the Portsmouth Club. He doesn't leave. What do you want, Dara? <laughs> um... I will have a banana pear pancake with uh, dulce de leche, 
Hmm. And a lavender light tea. Tea. Of course. Uh, huh. Danny would say I'll have this so surely because that's everybody and then he would leave. <laughs> <laughs> I had it that I had five of them, but one of them was Martella, so I definitely that was not five characters. It's like, dang it, I thought I had it. Anyway. The noise is giving Dara a look like, what did you just order? <laughs> she has no idea what she just ordered. Military man ordering banana pancakes. Yeah, just all kinds of ways. Banana pear pancakes. Thank you very much. He just has a very uh, extensive and well-controlled diet. I've oh dined with very high military members who have traveled a bunch. And... Well, I'm glad to see that the group of you have bonded, <laughs> if nothing else. I never got the chance to thank you all properly for, well, saving me from that unfortunate situation. That's all part of the job, ma'am. And thank you once more for accepting to help us with our various endeavors. But business can wait. Surely we'll have time to speak. I hope that you found the streets of Apara reasonable in the wake of recent events. Are you all well, of course? Have you all escaped these these last horrible days uh, relatively safe and unharmed? You, you all look well enough now, but previously at the warehouse, I... I had my worries. We weathered it quite well. Fortunately. That's good to hear. Not, uh, it was not the safest of encounters, but we're, we're fine. No, and one that I'd never expected to send you into. I, of course, had no... Not in my wildest dreams could have imagined events playing out as they had. But it gave you an opportunity to... Prove yourselves, so it will, and gave us and our interests new agents to rely on. Those that are very, very much appreciated in these uncertain times. Again, it's good to see that you seem to be coming together. Uh, I hope that inserting my my own agent here, she gestures towards Kahina, uh, hasn't caused much upset, but you seem to be well enough off. I'm doing, I'm doing well. Uh, they have, everybody's been very accepting and um, I look forward to get to know everybody better as, hmm. as we seem like we are taking our leave of the city. I, from your note. Unfortunately, I guess business talk is unavoidable here seeing the circumstances. Unfortunately, I can't speak as for when you'll return, but it seems that you've all brought uh, fairly packed bags with you and defeated my advice. Hopefully everything will go well. I'll explain more on the carriage, but please, first, and enjoy this breakfast. And uh, at that, the waiter returns with your sort of drinks, laying them out before you. And not horribly long after that, the various light breakfasts and meals start to come. Oh, yes, this, this lavender lychee tea was my mother's favorite. It's almost awkward sitting here with Martella now with no idea where it is you're going and her at the moment fairly unwilling to speak of it. And you do your best to kind of make small talk and fit yourselves in, but you can't help but feel at least some small amount of unease. 
What are we doing? Where are we going? What I'm sorry. I, I, it, it needs to be said at this point. I, I, I have to bring it up. And Mattel turns to you. And then she looks at Dara. Lavender tea? Really? She turns back to Dara. I'm sorry, man. Are you, uh, do you have some problem with what I ordered? I mean, look at you. I imagine you in trenches with, with bodies all around you while you're scraping food in just to, just to create sustenance so you can go back to being the killing machine that you are. There is you some know, peace to be had in keeping our private lives and our work lives separate. Mm -hmm. No yeah, reason to exactly. sully your relaxation with your career. Well, I guess we don't all live in our business. Well, as both both my parents were merchants, you know, I have quite a varied taste for food. We have so much in common. And uh, she's going to, here, try this. And she takes about like two or three of her things and cuts them in half and just shoves them on Dara's plate. You'll like this, I promise. It's a, a big I pile promise. of assorted sweets from the growing heap of pastries and cakes being brought out in front of Kahina. Much appreciated, my lady. It is very welcomed to have someone with such good taste. Ooh. See, I like him a lot. I can see that. Not as that I will, don't like you. As you wrap up your, uh, your assorted little meals and drinks here, and gather your quite numerous amount of things to leave, and on odd side in the Porthmus Club, five very overloaded packs ready for a journey. You head outside, and a carriage is already waiting. Uh, what is actually a very fancy, elaborate coach, uh, drawn by a pair of Bryn. Describe good horses. Or <laughs> <laughs> um, defer be... to the expert. These would be dappled gray Arabians, uh, four of them. Very slender uh, and very high-tempered, but very well-managed by the conductor. This is why we keep you around. Your job is A, play Dara, B, horse describing. <laughs> Those are you two jobs so far. These horses capable of sporting around 350 pounds worth of stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, and, well, I mean, the, how about do you think a carriage weighs, Nell? No, You're pulling I mean, a carriage. Horses. I'm worried about horses that we might be riding. Well, these are, are horses that really are pulling strong. a carriage. Okay, so, if it's a carriage, then it doesn't matter. This is, yeah, this is a different situation. Don't uh, worry, they will have no problem pulling your dead body if things happen. <laughs> it, it, that's just what I, like, part of what I'm carrying. You, you all uh, follow Martella into this carriage. The inside similarly lavishly adorned with felt seats and more comfortable than any furniture that any of you other than possibly now and maybe you know back of the day had owned in your own private estates this is not by any means a cheap ride and martella and eutropia have clearly gone to great lengths to source something so valuable uh, as you pile in giving yourself shots as you do uh these little quips back and forth. Martella says nothing as you exit the house and pile into the carriage. Yeah, that's going to have to come up. We're just piling into this thing without getting any information at all. I don't know. Like, are you? No, nah, I mean, when we get I to the I assumed carriage... at this point you would follow Martella, but... Yeah, I mean, Nori 
you know, she kind of wants to know what the what the mission is here. What are we doing? And, we'll uh, find out along the ride, I assume. Yeah. I'll already be in there by the yeah, time. Martella's just questions. in, yeah. so she wouldn't even hear you. It's like sticking Kahina, her head in the cabinet. Well, follows Martella, no question. She just gets it. Okay. Well, as soon as we all would get in, then and close the doors and stuff, then Anori would ask her. So, what's the job? Martella would just uh, hold up a hand for you to wait as the wagon gets underway and pulls the carriage out of a rodent's view and down around towards the lion's gate. You can hear the the great roar of this mighty symbol of a par and might as you ride through and out of the city. And the vistas around look all as they once had. As you ride the carriage across Apara and then out into the surrounding countrysides, it's as if nothing had changed. As if the Exaltation Day events and Stavian's massacre simply never happened. They're almost like distant thoughts in the past. Martella still says nothing. As the uh, the carriage goes further and further... You know, Nori's getting more and more, like, antsy as she's sitting there waiting for something. Seeing that Nori's getting antsy, uh, Kahina would just start to, like, sing and hum and just basically soothing melodies. It start humming. But it's still... Mm. Kind of a, almost an awkward silence with nothing but the sounds of the horses and the carriage behind you. Well, I suppose it should be worth asking what we're going to or doing. And as the as Nell finally asks this, as it gets a little uncomfortable, and the city starts to kind of fall behind you in the view over the horizon. Martella smiles and reaches down into a small bag of her own. And she pulls out a scroll case and hands it towards Inori. I do uh, appreciate you uh, agreeing to this trip on such short notice and with such little information. Please, have an estate. I'm sorry, what? An estate. Ooh. Out in Marat County. It's now yours. Well, to be precise, it's Dark's. Mm. Then why are you handing it to me? Mm, you looked uncomfortable. <laughs> so, when someone looked uncomfortable... <laughs> this horse is doing weird stuff to me. He keeps booting me out of the channel. I don't know why that's <laughs> happening. Anyway, continue. Well, it at least made me laugh that you got handed the estate. So. <laughs> and you get an estate, and you get an estate. <laughs> but I don't get an estate, it's Dora's. Look at uh, your chair. I'm at, sure at, he'll invite you. At your confusion here, Martell again smiles. Now, I wish I could say this little gift didn't come with strings attached, but of course, these are tangled times. Now, as you may have heard, the Olfen Guard, the Emperor's personal bodyguards, have locked down the Imperial Palace, and they won't allow access to anyone until Taldor has an official Grand Prince once again. Keeps unreasonable sorts from looting the place, I suppose, but it's also sealed away Eutropia's personal wealth. 
Now, the Stavian family has another estate, though the Palace of Birdsong has been entrusted to stewards for over 200 years. And these stewards now refuse to leave, and I'm told are courting Maxilar Pytherius' favor. It doesn't help matters that they are my family. Or that my half-brother Bartleby has been squandering the estate's fortunes. While we do technically have the authority to demand the estate's return, we lack the power. If we could weaken Bartleby's power base and lose some of his subordinates to support us, we could reclaim the Palace of Birdsong. And that's where you and your lovely new home comes in. This is the Bettany estate, and the late Lady Alice Bettany died nearly a decade ago, leaving no heirs. We purchased her estate at auction last week, and I've taken the liberty of drawing up a few documents, listing you as the Bet Bettany family scions. They'll be arriving just in time to make your debut with the annual Tanager Jubilee. The carriage and horses here are also yours to keep, as you can't very well see be seen walking to the Jubilee. And I'll be riding on to Casimir once we're near the county border. Make friends, learn the lay of the land, and afterward do what you can to win the nobles and the citizens' loyalty. Undermine Bartleby. Wherever you can, try to improve people's lives and engender loyalty. For any overt or direct actions you take, you'll likely want to hide your identity to keep Bartleby from cracking down on you and realizing exactly the play we're making. I feel I have to stress the importance of this task. The princess has sold her townhouse to fund this plan. At this point, our resources are precariously thin. If we're to stand any chance in this bid for the throne, we need a suitable base of operations and a steady income. Hmm. Now, It'll take us five days to reach Marat County, so you've plenty of time to think of anything you want to ask me, and I'll answer any questions you have to the best of my ability. My lady, tell us about your brother. Or half-brother. Of course. Well, I suppose you should have to know. Bartleby is stubborn. We Lothians are a very old blood noble family with genealogy tracing back to the Aslanti settlers that first founded Taldor, and my siblings will rarely let you forget it. Stubborn as he is, I must admit, Bartleby is charming, graceful, intelligent, but still very arrogant and casually cruel. He cares extremely little for anyone but himself or anyone he sees as useful. He excelled in his arcane studies as a child, and I have no doubt he's only improved since then. I should mention the Lothied family with this Aslanti lineage has a very powerful magical bloodline. If you think you'll be able to woo or deceive them with spells and magic, you will find yourself very mistaken. You mentioned something about a source of income. And she nods to you. Of course. 
there's not much we can do without a place from which to launch our operations and running a county as a baron does in fact have its perks taxes income from settlements that'll give us the money we need to continue our operations into the coming weeks and months currently we only have what coin we can scavenge together and what little we can get from what contacts we have but we need a steady source well i suppose i can possibly help with that as well i had some plans to set up a brewery of sorts. Oh, not of for. Did. I know what you're thinking. It's not for me. <laughs> it's not entirely for you. Not she entirely kinda, for me. She just kind of raises an eyebrow. I wanted to set up after. I believe it was Baylor who went with me the other day, but we went to the uh, the rather nice establishment on the on the north side of the city, where they had the, the fancy drinks. Mm -hmm. It inspired me to, to an extent, to want to make something like that more for the masses. Something that everyone can enjoy. That's very much understandable. Uh, Marat County, though I've not seen it in over a decade, is... Very much a pastoral wasteland, uh, orchards, vineyards, some hills and some simple woods to hunt game. It's, it's very much farmland, and the largest town you'll find there is just that. They don't have well, any fine, hardly any fine establishments as far as I understand, besides the various galas and gatherings the nobles themselves throw for each other, and little access to places to relax outside of just a simple hunt or... A stop by a, a baseline tavern for ale that exists to make you drunk. This actually sounds like a fantastic way for you to impress yourselves among, uh, among the common folk there. And as I said, you'll need their support if we're going to undermine my half-brother. And, uh, Kihon, uh, she would perk right up and she would turn and she goes, an establishment such as that would need some good entertainment. And Martella nods again, of course. And you would be more than well served to provide that, I'm sure, Kahina. Mm -hmm. And I could, no. scope, I could also scope for local talent to add and start a troupe. So ideas. that would endear us even more to the locals, is if we gave some of them some jobs. Now, as I've said, this carriage ride will take us some time, and I do believe that Surely you'll have further questions that may occur to you, and I'll be here to answer them at least until we reach the border of Marat. But for now, we'll be riding for some time, and this seems like an excellent opportunity for everyone to pause and perhaps take a pee break. Think of further Yay! things they may want to ask me. <laughs> I like that. And reconvene here in a couple of minutes. Yay. So... Yes, yeah, we got everybody. So let's get a uh, let's get back into the wagon here. Yeah, okay. wagon. Those carriage. Wagon. And uh, get back into figuring this all out and getting back into character. So you guys would have been briefly discussing plans for your cover stories, uh, things that you wanted to present yourselves as, just for a reason to be there. 
Yeah, as you begin this discussion, uh, Lothi would interject. You don't necessarily need to go so far as forging relationships and assuming false names or anything. Uh, these papers here give you a very distant relation to dear departed cousin Alice. Having you, Dara, as the second cousin once removed of the late Bentony. You're not going to be expected to know many details of the family, so not much will be expected of you. You're basically fresh faces being brought in with power. Um, ma'am, I, I do have one question. Mm-hmm. Does your half-brother have any sort of protection? Or anything well, he might send against us? Well, unfortunately, he is the Count. So, he has command of the entire county's resources, guard garrisons, military, militias. Uh, the it's, it's entire government reports and answers to him. So, it, even if it were a viable alternative, and even if you could, simply walking into the palace and reclaiming the place would surely be a lost cause. Does, does he have enough uh, aggression against you to... If, if we were connected to you, would he uh, send people after us just for that? She kind of grimaces a bit. I... It would be difficult to say. Uh, the one thing that I would implore you to try to avoid is revealing any sort of connections to myself or the Princess Eutropia. Mm -hmm. If your motives are known too early, if Bartleby knows what it is you're really here for, your jobs will become much more difficult, if not outright impossible. Again, he is the Count. He can have you arrested. He can have you exiled. He has the forces of multiple barons and baronies underneath him, one of which I believe you've already met. You remember Baron O'Kara? I do, slightly, yes. He lives in Merat, near the edge of the county. Uh, he's generally a fair-minded and compassionate man. Though dedicated to the letter of the law, he could serve as a powerful ally in this countryside. I do hope you made a good impression on him. A question along these lines. If he was to slip up, so to speak, and decide to try to attack us openly and directly, do you think the area would be subjective enough that we could turn that against him? She just kind of shakes her head. Squabbles between... Uh, nobles and various rivalries for land and power are far from unheard of and besides the vast majority of the population out in Marad is farmers, field hands uh, unskilled artisans they'll care no more for this squabble between nobles as any other and unless you have their support behind you I imagine that the barons and baronesses underneath them probably side with their ruler rather than these new arrivals. This is exactly your job. At some point, 
it is going to come to this. We have to take the Palace of Birdsong, Birdsong back from him. He has all the authority to arrest you or exile you from the county. And when this conflict does eventually happen, be it weeks from now, be it months from now, you need the people of the county to be on your side. So I'm sorry, but I know he's your stepbrother and all, but wouldn't it be easier just to arrange an accident or something? Even if you did so, and make no mistake, I would like to believe that you'll be able to talk sense into him, though I very much doubt you can, or at least capture him alive. But if it becomes a question of his life or yours, do not hesitate to protect yourselves. Regardless, it would simply pass down from him to my nephew, Titus. And mm, this situation would be even more severe. Trust me, you would much, ra much, much rather be dealing with Bartleby than Titus. Then we shall go. We shall uh, make friends, lots and lots of friends. Feed them good drinks. Feed them good entertainment. And sway the love of the people towards us. And then maybe, who knows, other nobles. Uh, and uh, maybe even those we can talk into you know, uh, to be more uh, friendly towards us than to Bartleby. So that, as Martella says, when this, uh, when this comes about, uh, we will, rather than nobles, rather than making a spectacle, he oh. might perhaps be more inclined to keep some of his wealth and go rather than it come to fists and death. There are diplomatic ways. Yeah, it usually comes to fists and death, though, if in my it line does, If but... it does, which I understand. If it does, then we'll be ready. But we should try the more subtle way first and then to be able, because then we come back with even more followers and less followers for Pythari. We need said, to make a I've... good impression. I've not personally been to Marat in over a decade, but Bartleby respects only two things, money and power. He has no real friends, and once you've undermined both of those, no reason anyone would side with him. I don't have to have been there to know that it would be far from impossible to rally the local noble support behind you. Uh, you've met Baron O'Kara. You know what he stands for. You know how he believes in the best of Taldor. Surely, given time, him and others could similarly be brought under your cause. Now, beyond that, my news is spotty, but I understand there is a shadowy figure calling themselves the Night Swan that's been stirring up trouble around Lothidar. Robbery and vandalism, but also some violence against Lothidar's soldiers. They could be a valuable ally if they have some feud with my brother. Hmm. Yeah, definitely worth investigating. For sure. I could uh, get down and dirty and see what they can, who they side with. Maybe we can sway them. Any allies that you can call, any support whatsoever, will surely be useful. Now, again, and I cannot stress this enough, 
This is a mission of subtlety, and this will take time. You're not going to enamor yourself to the people overnight. This is going to take rubbing elbows with the nobles. This is going to take trips to distant estates across the county, staying in the good graces of those around you, and still taking whatever opportunities you can to make a good impression and try to do services and support for the people of the county. Uh, this brewery is a fantastic idea. It seems a good way to reach out. But look for ways that you can help. Look for ways you can build names for yourselves. Troubles, uh, bandits plaguing the roads, uh, reports of monsters, anything that, you know, I, from having seen you in action, I'm sure you're more equipped to deal with than random farmers. Anything, any way you can reach out to help them is going to be a, is going to be of great assistance. Now, this jubilee... Unfortunately, it's also important that you enamor yourself to my brother. Because, regardless of what anyone thinks, if Bartleby has you kicked from the county, Bartleby has you kicked from the county, and there's not much we can do about this, and our task here becomes infinitely more difficult. So regardless of how he is, you're going to need to take the opportunity to get into his good graces. This jubilee is an annual sort of Founder's Day celebration. It's local tradition, claiming that when Count Marcolian Stavian broke ground for the palace some eight centuries ago, a scarlet tanager landed on his shovel and sang his praises. It's ridiculous. But it's a day off for the lower classes, and the aristocracy celebrates with two days of feasting, games, dancing, tournaments, and a hunt. Making a good showing at this jubilee is an excellent way to win influence. Hmm. Have any of you ever jousted before? I would look at uh, Nell, seeing or him Dara. As the most likely. Yeah, everyone just kind of awkwardly looks around each other, like, "Are you Justin? Are you Justin?" <laughs> she kind of sighs. I had feared as much. I had hoped that might be an easy way for you to enamor yourselves, but I mean, there's usually a tournament held during the first day of the festivities, and you don't. Uh, it's not like you have to become champions of the whole thing. I mean, far from going to unseat Baron O'Kara. He takes pride in the thing. He jousts on the national circuit, and it seems somewhat unsporting that he takes the day to play against those that have only experienced the tilt as more of a hobby. But as long as you could put on some amount of a good showing there, that would at least earn you some respect from... Those that value power. I'm sure you'll find many opportunities and make them where you can. Try to get yourselves, again, enamored with the local nobles. These first few days, this Tanager Jubilee is all going to be about the aristocracy. Boy, this is sure starting to sound like the gala all over again. Hopefully not. No. Yeah, right. I cannot imagine these events will end the same way. However, if you should suffer some amount of minor misfortune, perhaps a social faux pas, as you try to interpose yourselves into this new setting, and she reaches down into the pouch again and pulls out a small wooden case and opens it. I have a gift. Inside what is that? 
are a few vials, uh, three of them, of a deep red, uh, what appears to be a fairly thick liquid, and a syringe. I've been doing some experiments. I'm a bit of an alchemist myself, and around trying to pull connections over this last week, I've been experimenting with a poison that we've called Styx Oil. Now, quite simply, if you absolutely must undo some misstep with one of the one of the nobles, you have a few minutes, maybe three to five, to inject them with a dose of this. And they'll forget everything that's happened over the last few minutes and wake up as if from a faint spell. Huh, that's fancy. Now, the warning, of course, attached to this is that it is a poison borne by blood. It will be horribly ineffective if you simply try to beat it into them. You'll need to use the syringe. Stealth approach. Well, she kind of shrugs. They will be forgetting the last five to ten minutes. <laughs> so you could just refeed them. Use it as you see fit. I leave this with you. Just hopefully to help you understand how important it is you make a good impression. Now it's a very common saying there are no second chances, but with this here at least you'll have three. Does that mean there's three uses? There are three doses, yeah. There are three red vials in there with this range. Unfortunately, this is incredibly difficult to brew and expensive and time-consuming to produce. And I've only been able to produce these three vials for you for now. It's not much, but it'll give you something to fall back on should you desperately need it. And as she hands you that, next to the uh, scroll case containing the titles and deeds, naming you heirs to the Betany estate... She pulls out yet another large sheaf of uh, paperwork, we're going to say. Now, your new title here also makes you tribunes of the neighboring town of Stachys. Basically investing in you the power and responsibility to act as the community's mayor and judge. Now, the Bettany family history is, is quite simple but long and again it's not something you'll really need to remember but what's most important is that as stewards to the Lothids and overseers of the town of Stockies you do have certain rights in Marat County most notably the right to request audiences with Bartleby himself but your rule here in this county only extends solely to your lands. Stockies and the surrounding area. If you take any kind of action outside your own domain, it's dangerous and foolish unless done covertly and carefully. I feel like I cannot restate this enough. Subterfuge is of the utmost importance. Old alliances can prove stronger than deeds, and no matter what you do, unless you're sure you have the support of the local nobles, Many of them may turn back to Bartleby 
even those you don't expect, even those you feel that you've courted their favor. Hmm. Now, is there anything else that you wish to know? How difficult is jousting? I unfortunately oh. don't have any personal experience. But I believe you try to ride on a horse and point your stick at the other guy. If any among us would be the one to do it, it would be Nell. Well, it seems there's only two real skills involved. Your ability to guide the horse and your ability to use the lance. Can you ride? Not at all. Well, that's I, going to I make the using the lance part difficult. Uh, the horse can only go straight, right? Uh, Dara? <laughs> uh, I do have some proficiency in the riding. Can you use the lance? I could learn. That's the kind of attitude we need. Unfortunately, we have five days carriage right out to Murat, and nowhere really to practice with a lance, nor do we have one handy. This joust is going to be during the Jubilee, so you'll have to learn very quickly. Well, as a new owner in this area, it might be better, even if I don't do well, to integrate myself, even with a good sportsmanship award. Certainly, I think they would see the value of participating and trying to make a name for yourself and at least trying to give it a good show. It's far from a formal tournament, of course. It's just one held for the various nobles around to show their stuff and posture a bit more than they usually do. And actually getting to smack each other around a little bit doesn't hurt either. But as long as you don't make an absolute buffoon of yourself, taking part couldn't do any harm. Oh, Good that. You're going to win this thing, Dara. We got to practice. We'll get you. You're going to win. I like your enthusiasm. Oh, uh, you know. I believe. Now we've quite the ride ahead of us. Please, if there's anything else you wish to know, now is the time. I know it seems like a lot. Sending you into an unknown area to deal with my own family, which certainly at least somewhat seems like something I'd be better handled myself. But not only have I more or less been spurned, I'm fairly unwelcome among my family. Uh, Maylor, I believe you are in a similar situation. Uh, you'll notice that my complexion is unique among the Lothids, as I'm the result of my father's indiscretion with the Kadiran woman. And, well, I have no affinity for magic. and one of the only of the Lothid name with no real aptitude for it. They don't really look kindly upon me. Besides, this is a plan on multiple fronts, and I'm needed elsewhere. And having seen the five of you in action in your various ways, I am sure you're more than suited to this task. So you have uh, told us about your brother. What about 
other members of your family that might be a point of interest um, who maybe aren't as uh, difficult as he is? If you're looking for less difficult, unfortunately, I don't believe I have much for you. As far as I know, there are only two Lothids still living in the county of Murad, of course. My brother, Bartleby, and as I mentioned earlier, Titus, living off of his dime. Uh, Lord Titus... Well... Let's just say I don't expect you to really have any success with him. I would not waste your time. He, re he wields no real power and no real influence, and he's just really a boorish sort of person. If you can make ground with him, by all means. You've outdone my expectations, but I don't believe there's any members of my family you'll be able to easily avail yourselves with. I do have to say that I'm not going to have any fun at all dealing with the nobles. Uh, you're much better off leaving me to deal with literally anything else. I'll joust. Jousting's fun. Yeah, but, but you got to acknowledge the fact that you are kind of a noble, so you're the best suited for this. Being one does not make you like them. Agreed. It makes you like them still, all the less. You're still one, though. You're more suited at it than me. He is also a very amiable guy, and I think that would serve him well in trying to get the lower class on board, as there are many more of them, and they can pull just as much weight. I asked all of you back together for this mission because you all bring your various skills to the task. Dara... You'll be somewhat recognizable even out in Marat. There are several military types out there. Unfortunately, not with any major power, but my brother does have respect for Taldor's nation. And as I said, Bartleby is trying to get in with Pytharius. So sending you along, I hope, will make him at least slightly more enamored to your, enamored to your group cause. Nell, you have noble blood. Regardless of how much you like interacting with aristocracy, you know the most about it. And make no mistake, this Jubilee and these aristocrats you're heading into, especially my brother, are the prime of the group. They make their judgments based on wealth, based on poise and stature, based on your mannerisms and how you hold yourselves in polite society. That, regardless of your deeds, is critically important. And while I know... It's far from how you like to live your life. You at least understand the game, as does Kahina. Baylor, mm -hmm. you are a wizard. You have magical aptitude, and you know much of the arcane arts. Bartleby will respect that, and by his extension, so will many of the other major nobles around Marat County. As I said, the Lothians are a very magical lineage, and although you may find it hard to use your own magics effectively in any sort of subtle way without being called out, understanding the game going on beside the ga or behind the game can be very helpful. And Inori, you are already skilled in making the other side of contacts. We need to connect to the common people, to the farmhands, to the peasantry, to those that might be considered the underground or the, the lesses. 
We need them behind us as, as much, if not more, than the aristocracy. They're the numbers. They're the, they're the citizens. They're the populace. They're the ones who are going to be called to be the gods or the militia or the sheriffs when it eventually comes to butting heads with Bartleby. Each of you has your role to play here. I suppose they're going to love me when I offer them a thousand gold for some land and structures built. And even more so when they find out that thousand gold is to, well, get them drunk. Yeah. To my understanding, there's really not much else to do around Marat. That's why it's so popular in so many places, I suppose. And she reaches back into her bag one more time and says, And speaking of, as we have a few days' journey ahead of us, this stack of paperwork here is the various ins and outs of the Betney lineage and the estate. You don't need to know all or any of it, really, but feel free to learn as much as you will find useful. I have several novels for the journey as well as a few packs of cards to keep us entertained as it's going to be some time before we arrive at our destination. And with that, the day passes. Having learned what you could about what you're heading into, about the county of Marat, about the Jubilee, about the rest of the Lothied family, what there is, well, it's still not a whole lot of information, is it? <laughs> it's kind of going to be some playing it by ear as you head over and just kind of see what you can get done as you try to make an impression and enamor yourselves. That day passes. The next. And the next. And the next. And Dara brought one day of food. And the next. <laughs> thing. I brought 15. I brought two. And uh, most of you, a long trip into the countryside, were not expecting to head all the way out into absolute nowheresville. That is the county of Marat itself. Now, this is a decently sized county, really. It's pretty large. And as you head in, Martella shows you a little bit on maps, but not a whole lot of uh, overwhelming information. The main things are this. The Palace of Birdsong is located up in the northern set, northern, uh, northern end by Lake Stavian, near the tip of the Apara Highway. To the south of that, about the other end of the road, you have the Betney Estate, which is going to be yours, but of course you're not heading there for right now. Right now, you're heading directly up to the Palace of Birdsong and up to the Tanger Jubilee to make your debut. So, as you continue on your ride and as you enter the fifth day, right around the edge of Marat County, on one of the last major intersections before you head into the county proper, the carriage starts to rumble to a stop. I mean, you knew Martello was not following you all the way down there. And this is the part where you must part ways. And as she opens the door, there are already a pair of, well, not really sure what they are. Other agents, mercenaries, 
Hey, there you are. We we heard, and on the fifth day, you get to and nothing. Yeah, it keeps booting me out of. Uh, I need to find a solution. It keeps booting me out of Discord. I'm not really sure how to stop it. The timing was perfect. The, server, the but... timing was great. We're like, and <laughs> yeah, on the fifth day, the carriage stops near the end of the beggarwood, uh, rumbles to a halt as Martella makes her leave. She has two men already waiting for her at the last major intersection, uh, the road heading off to the west out to Casimir. And these two men are fairly nondescript, dressed in just not even <coughs> finery, just of what would appear to be just a normal day's outfit, and they seem plain enough, but each of them have weapons strapped at their hip, and they seem to be of very good make for someone without that much money. Uh, you can see the bits of their chain shirt poking out from underneath. They're clearly armed. As Martella steps out to meet them and bids you farewell, she turns back uh, one last time to the carriage before closing the door. I know this is a difficult task and not one that any of you are used to, but I am positive that you can accomplish this. It will take time, and it will certainly be a challenge. But with caution, you'll see this through. Now, make a good impression at the Tanager Jubilee. Do your best to get in with Bartleby as you can. And I will contact you in the coming weeks. Good luck. And she closes the carriage door. And with that, you're on your own. The carriage continues as the driver takes you the rest of the way up the road through Lothadar and onwards to the actual Palace of Birdsong. Now, the Palace of Birdsong is, well, it is, it is a palace. That is not an inaccurate title. It is an enormous mansion. And as you approach, it's incredibly obvious how it got its name. This massive estate is still at its uh, full glory, uh, full operation. And even as you approach up the road from nearly a mile away, you can already see dozens of people and several other carriages uh, pulling out in the driveway, going about as they will. It is surrounded by miles of lush gardens and wandering walkways heading off in every direction around the area, leaving it isolated and alone up on the road outside of Lothidar. Surprisingly, the name is much more literal than you may have expected. As you can see out the carriage window, dozens, if not hundreds, of wandering birds just going all around the property. And I'm not talking about your average, like, pigeons or ravens or whatever. We're talking, like, flocks of doves and colorful peacocks striding around in herds all around the grounds of the palace, seemingly just aimlessly. But there are a lot of them. Hmm. So very someone somewhere is taking care of them. And a fairly large group of peacocks breaks off and just kind of follows in your... Uh, carriages wake for a while as it trundles up the road towards the driveway before <laughs> eventually they get bored and just break off to go back to doing whatever it is peacocks do when they're not following people around and just what doing peacocks do? horrible bird things. 
feel like Kahina's all about this. Oh, she is all about this. Yeah, this is pretty this is pretty showing. You got a palace yeah. that is covered in incredibly oh. colorful birds that are just she's, absolutely everywhere. She's she's been eating on those sweets for days that she got. So she is hyper and she is ready to go. <laughs> so as as we're coming up to the the to the palace, which like what time of day as what outfit is this like is this the costume or for the ball or is this just uh no finery this is just finery this... this is finery okay. for now because i already found my costume dress yeah it, uh, it's, as it's a picture. simple finery for now as you approach she would have informed you that there is a masquerade but initially you are just kind of showing up to what is functionally a fairly standard noble gala and you're arriving early-ish in the morning uh the morning of the fifth day it was not long after sunrise that Martella took her leave near the edge of Marat County. And it's really not a whole lot longer after that that you make it up to the Palace of Birdsong itself. And as you arrive and pull up into the driveway, you can see that, well, it's definitely a jubilee. There is an astonishing array of guests uh, outside of the palace and an army of servants sporting various bird masks flitting about the place uh, fussing over everything numerous entertainers still walkers fire breathers ferret jugglers which I'm assuming is literal uh, are <laughs> all around the area keeping guests entertained as you approach and as you open the door uh, from the carriage it's fairly loud. It is quite the crowd of people around outside. Uh, a lot of the servants are bringing various wines around on fancy platters and just different refreshments, but the just murmur of dozens of voices mingling together hits immediately. And here we are. Welcome, my friends, to the Palace of Birdsong. I don't know why it's not pulling my, uh, my camera, but I'll go ahead and just do it down there manually. As you pull up in the driveway, I, I'm i just going to go ahead and tell you that similar to the gala we had previously, there is not uh, just this many people. But obviously, if I put a token for every single person that existed on this map, the entire map would just be tokens. Uh, similar to how we played the gala before, the th tokens that are on the map are tokens that are relevant. They are people of interest or, additionally, soldiers. As Dara's question is answered immediately as you approach and in the light of the day can see a half dozen soldiers uh, standing in a two-line formation outside the main entrance to the manor and another half dozen clearly standing right inside the entrance of the palace. Each of these soldiers in their full... Uh, armor and regalia with weapons at their side and shields across shields and crossbows on their back uh clearly to answer your question yes he's got some guards <laughs> but as you pull up this uh, oh what's up quick question um would we have somewhere to have left our stuff like in the carriage or something uh you would have 
all of it, but it would still be in the carriage, I imagine, to go to wherever it is that you were okay. staying, which you don't actually okay. know right now where it is you're staying. So you would pull up to this. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't, like, carrying my stuff at the moment. No, yeah. you would pull out this. You'd step out of the carriage wearing what you're wearing with your weapons on you, because, uh, again, that's that's just normal and these kind of noble affairs to uh, to have weapons. I have swords that you have, put a crossbow on your back. That's all perfectly normal stuff. In fact, nearly everyone here does. But you wouldn't be bringing your entire bag. But as you step out... I want to make sure that I keep one of the bottles of wine that I brought. Okay. And uh, as you step out, there is a man and a woman before you that step forward immediately to greet you. uh, As you would have on the approach seen them do to the carriage before you. And this man, impeccably dressed, with dark hair, slip, uh, slicked back, steps forward with a smile as uh, servants immediately start moving to unload the baggage you would have left on the carriage. Well met, newcomers. I'm Count Bartleby Lothian, steward of the County of Marat, Landgrave of the Hyden Marches, and Tribune of Lothadar. I understand you are the new heirs to the Betney lands. It's quite the honor to be our new neighbors, Wisher. And he extends his hand out. Uh, Dara walks forward. The honor is mine. It is a real pleasure to be here. And he, uh, as he sees you just kind of wearing your armor, he holds a steady face, but you can see, like, his eyebrow kind of twitch uh, twitch a little bit. And he, uh, shakes your hand kind of slowly. says, yes, uh, of course, you're uh, a soldier, I take it. Yes, I am. I pride myself on my military background, and it w- it, it it has served me very well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you just a relative of the Bethany, so I I need not pry doing introductions, please. And uh, to the next person, whoever wants to step up. And then Kahina would uh, very much curtsy and hold her hand up and. Um, I'm Kahina Rustam. It's my dear Dara. And he would I'm yes. so happy to be in the spring air. You have a lovely home. I love the peacocks. Oh, we brought you a gift. We brought you a gift. And, and she'll uh, she'll present the the wine. He would take your hand and uh, bow a bit and take the bottle of wine and nod a bit. So, oh, uh, we thank you very much. We'll be certain to serve this during the evening's festivities. Uh, you honor us. It's uh, interesting the spread you have here, because I assume that your sleeves of many garments at this point have you in a noble's outfit. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting spread, a uh, soldier, uh, someone clearly with attention to the, the, the finer things in gown and upbringing. Uh, did you all yes. hail from the same place, or did you come together to oversee the Betany estate? I am curious. Well, as this is my wife, I allow my wife to find her things, and she does them justice by her beauty. Aww. And he, uh, he probably kind of smiles and nods a bit, and the woman behind him steps up, like, oh, yes, of course, the perfect prize husband. Please, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm Dame Crab. a pleasure to make your acquaintance. And she just kind of, like, shuffles up a bit past uh, Bartleby and shakes Dara's hand and shakes Kahina's hand real quick. Mm -hmm. And then Bartleby turns to Nell. Well, 
consider me a friend of sorts. I'm more here for investment purposes than social purposes, but it is very nice to meet you. And investments and money you will find flow here as freely as the wine, my new friend. Uh, the county of Marat is flourishing, of course, due to very much to the hard work of its citizens, putting in the extra hours and the late nights to improve their own personal towns and communities to the best of their ability. They do certainly do their very best. Uh, surely on your ride here, you must have seen Lothadar. Yes, I do believe we did, didn't we? And uh, obviously look back and ask the others. Yeah, it would be the uh, the small town you rode through right before you got mm -hmm. here. And of course, with the my overseeing and investments and the work of the people, with no small amount of help from my seneschal and uh, also the archbanker in the chapel of Abadar down there, we've turned it into quite a thriving young trade community. Uh, and you, uh, madam, he steps forward to Inori. Ah, and it, she just doesn't like curtsy or anything. She just walks up and shakes his hand. Oh, my name is Inori. I'm, I'm an investor as well. You're cutting a little bit in Discord. I don't know if that's just me. Is he skipping a little no, bit? I heard it as well. in and out, too. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to make sure mm -hmm. it wasn't just me. He's skipping that, skipping a little bit. But uh, you step up and you shake his hand. And uh, he nods, of course, and smiles again. He's like, oh, understandable with this new... Uh, the tribunes of Stockies, I believe. Uh, and opportunities abound, of course, now that you'll be... Uh, I believe it was, I was told, an Assyrian. So you, sir, uh, Sir Rostam? Um, yes. Well, I have brought these investors here. Uh, first to probably open a brewery of some sort, just to get the lay of the land. And then maybe go on to bigger and better things. I have over here Nell is very knowledgeable in this type of stuff. So is this gentleman over here, Baylor. He is very knowledgeable. And now with that, Baylor steps forward and kind of lets you to shake his hand in turn. Shake his hand. Like, always a pleasure to meet. Well, it is a pleasure to meet Alothied. I've heard a lot about your family. And he nods as I take it by your attire that you are a fellow part, uh, practitioner of the arcane. Uh, I can nearly smell the magic on you. <laughs> yes, uh, I've been studying most of my life, which at this point is quite a while. <laughs> so, pleasure to meet all of you, of course, very much so. And I, I, I am sure that under my guidance you will do great things for the late poor Lady Bettany's estate and the tributary of Stockies. I believe it's not in the greatest state that it ever has been, seeing as they've had very little to rule them in the recent time, but I know that the honorary tribune, uh, Lady Piscom, has been doing her best to keep things in order there. She's here about somewhere, and Sure, you'll make introduction to Terry. You'll be taking over for. Uh, now, do you do seem a, a very interesting and committed sort? Uh, so, just very briefly, Sir Rostam, where do you where do you come from? I know you're only a distant cousin of the Lady Bettany, but 
Are you from Marat County? I haven't seen you around. I assume you're from further out in Taldor, perhaps even further afield. I mean, you're, you're Syrian, yes. so there's something going on there, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I have lived almost all of my life in the capital, and I was a military recruiter there, uh, knowing many are meeting many influential people and recruiting talents that have come up through the ranks and really done me proud. Hmm. That's very interesting, I must say. Uh, So, you were not of traditional noble upbringing. I did most of the, I would not say traditional uh, noble upbringing, but sometimes making your way into the noble circle makes the, the your perception more valuable, valuable to the noble circles as a good friend and trusted ally. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course, the outside, uh, the outside perspective is always warranted. Well, uh, I will have a, leave you to the loving hands of Dame Crab here. You'll be staying in the outlying guest cottages a few miles down the road. Uh, and I assume you, I see you have your own carriage to ferry you back and forth in the days of the celebration. Uh, I have other things to attend to, and I bid you the best. Please enjoy the Jubilee. If there's anything you need, do not hesitate to ask. And, uh, without even waiting to, for a response or anything, immediately, uh, just turns and heads off to go converse. You said you're not a noble, so With he's someone just elsewhere. Done. Yeah. Leaving. I didn't even get that. I didn't want to cut in. She was gonna... Damn crab, however, is more than excited to take over this as she steps forward uh, very much enthused to meet some new friends here with what is immediately obvious as pretty much the opposite attitude of what Count Lothied, uh, what Count Lothied is. And she steps forward and is uh, just looking over the whole group and is very, very excited. Oh, it's uh, so exciting. So, so what do you all hail here from? I, I imagine that all of you come from uh, Syria, and I believe it's called. Uh, you from... Where, where, where did you come from before this? Where have you been living? Oh, we've been in Opara, and I... Out, right outside Opara. Oh, the I capital! Am... Yes, no, Opara! No. I haven't managed to get down there very frequently, but this oh. social scene there, it, it's fantastic. Tell me, you have to... Uh, I'm sure, and this may be in mildly poor taste, but the... <laughs> Exaltation Day events. How have how have it things been? What's the city is in an uproar. It's I, it was all I could do to beg, beg Diodara. I just I needed to get away for a while. It's like half your friends are arguing all the time. Everybody's talking about everybody. It's getting vicious. And I just I told him I said, Oh, it's a mess. Not, it's, it's an absolute I... mess. I'm sure. Please, you, you'll enjoy this much more. Marat is a very, very simple place. It's a farmland and loving homes, as far as the eye can see. You'll enjoy yourselves here, I'm sure. Come, come inside. Let us, let us get a drink. You've had a long ride from Aparo. That's several days, I believe. Oh, so bumpy. But 
the carriage men tried. We have good horses. And Kahina is just going to do her do, and she is going to get right up next to, to Dame Crab, and almost like she's her long-lost sister. And she is going to do everything. She's going to spill all the tea, or like like fake tea, and just tell her all the bits and pieces of just like not really neat, like true gossip, but like just stuff that's, you know, somebody who has designs on high society in a big town. Right, who, who understands, yeah, oh, understands yeah. the noble game. Oh, just yes. Shoving so, it in as well as you can, more or less. Yeah, so she's just going to be like her new gossip best friend, and she's going to compliment her dress and her hair and just, you know, the grounds, and she is just going to lay it on thick. And she would take the group of you, uh, assuming that you all follow, if you don't want to go anywhere else, up into the main entryway here. And I would beyond... actually like to catch up with the Count. Uh, absolutely. So I will peel you off, and I'll put everybody else in nugget form, as we're all following Dame Crab around. And she would take you up around the corner and into the main entertaining space here. And she would get to here before she stops next to a kind of sad-looking girl who is uh, clearly a bit younger. Uh, looks like she's barely made it into adulthood. But she is standing by a bookshelf in the corner next to a door. It's basically as sunken back into a corner as it's physically possible to get, uh, sequestering herself away from the party. And as Crab passes, notices her. Uh, she would turn back the rest of you. Oh, I, I, I'm... I must introduce you her. This is my lovely daughter, Sepsinia. Uh, it's good to get her out of the house. She doesn't follow around uh, very often at these social events, but y y you know how it is. You have to get out and about, and you have to meet people and make friends, and there's no other way you're going to find a proper husband. And Sepsinia just kind of looks at her. Oh. Doesn't say anything. And Crab does not stop, though. Crab continues. And she continues on where you guys are just back and forth about various uh, gossip from Opara or just noble name-dropping people that you know back and forth. And uh, as she brings you in here, a little further into the entertainment space here, you see Baron Akara. Baron Akara. Sitting, sitting on a couch in front of you. And I guess I can give you that name because you recognize this guy. Yep. But she's not interested in that right now. She's uh, continuing up and towards the corner down here where there is just a huge assortment of various wines and hors d'oeuvres and appetizers around. And she brings you down here again, just you and Kahina just yabbing <laughs> back and forth. The rest of the party, if you're not participating, sort of kind of just following along. So now, while they're doing that, what are you up to? I would like to catch up to the Count. I'm assuming addressing him correctly would be Count Lothied. Uh His full, so. like, just intro title would be Count Bartleby Lothied. So, I will, um, I'll come up to him and, uh, uh just to get his attention, say out, uh, Count Bartleby Lothied. Uh, could I have just a moment of your time away from you? And uh, 
He turns around to address you as you walk up to him and says, Oh, oh sir, stalwart it was, of course. Uh, sorry, I uh, perhaps may have misspoke. I am very busy. If you have anything that you need or anything you need attended to, please be ask any of the servants you see around. They'll be more than happy to help you. And turns immediately back away from you. About what I expected. He's uh, he's very busy, so I will leave him to his busyness. <laughs> leave him to his busyness. Leave him to doing his uh, low feed stuff. Meanwhile, up here in this little dining hall, where Crab has led everyone and is not even touching anything that, be cons that could be possibly considered food and is only going for uh, various wines and teas with Kahina, what are the rest of you doing? Because Kahina is... It's going hard on the friend making here, and the rest of you kind of just following Kahina and Crab around at the moment, just existing. I mean, we came here for the food and drink. That's the, the, the <laughs> worry he's doing for sure, grabbing we, some we, food we, and drink. We've been eating crap on the road. That's true. You've had for a week. Been trail rations and sadness for five days. So at this point, <laughs> I'm, you, uh, I'm standing behind Kahina with my hand around her shoulder, looking lovingly down at her. There you go. Uh, I'll as move I'm so used you can do that. As I'm used Take to my space. wife's antics of being the life of the party. <laughs> and so, Kahina's uh, just found all the sweets, and she's, like, turning to Dar, and she's like, Oh, darling, try this! That's it. And, and, and this whole time, Kay, uh, Crab is still just going on about whatever it is at this point. And then you have the crazy part was Servanus. Servanus comes up to Lady Marcella and says directly to her face that, Oh, did you hear that? And she uh, pauses for a moment and, and turns back towards the ballroom. Oh, I believe that was the god. Oh, god, we're going to have to catch up later, of course. They're doing the assigning. Uh, the first tradition to start the Jubilee off proper. Now, I simply will not let you leave uh, without setting a date for you to come by my estate in Motto and get some tea. Of course. I wouldn't dream of putting that off any longer than we have to. Now, I know you're new to Marat, but uh, it's very easy to reach the area. You just take the North Casimir Highway up around Lake Stavian and directly out to the west. It's near the edge of the county, a few days' travel from here. Uh, so, a week from today, then? Sounds lovely. I, I will bring... I will have to see if I can find some of the teas that I brought with me. And she just claps her hands together. Oh, of course, to date! Well, we need to get to the ballroom. This is the beginning of the festivities, but I'll make sure to catch up with you later, uh, Kahina and Dara. It's been a pleasure meeting all of you. And just make sure way. The noise is going to turn to Baylor and just be like, oh my god. <laughs> and Kahina's just going to look and be like, play the game. <laughs> Say what so, you will, she does know how to play the game. And as you guys are talking, the uh, the gong up in the ballroom sounds again. You can see uh, we everyone. Should, we should go. Starting to um, filter up there. Yeah, and I, Kahina will start making her way there. So, no, you can hear this gong as well outside. It's fairly loud. I would uh, obviously go to investigate, seeing as there's nothing worth mentioning out here. Absolutely, just nothing is going on out here, unfortunately. So, you head inside to go catch up with the group. And as the rest of the group uh, heads up towards the ballroom here, you would pass Baron O'Kara. As he's I was about to say, up. is the Baron moving, or is he yeah, staying he's, where he's he is? definitely, he is also getting up to head up there. Right. And uh, as you would walk past, he would kind of almost double take for a second and notice you guys were there. 
Hey! Uh, uh, hold on. I know this. It was, uh, Sir Landless and Sir Rostam from the Gala. Doing well. Baron Elkara. So good to see you doing well. Uh, uh likewise, of course, after the uh, events there at the Exaltation Gala, I... It's good to see anyone coming out of that one and, well, still making their way to these kind of jubilees. What brings you out to Marat? Um, that would be my doing. I just inherited some land on the way and decided to come down and see what's going on after such a stressful time at the, uh, the exaltation. I don't blame you a second for that one. It's... It's been tough times for Apara and tough times for Taldor as a whole. And at times like this, you've got to take care of yourselves before you can take care of your people, right? You know, you used yes. to anyone broken down. Yes, well, and I also must take care of my wife. This is my wife, Kahina. Oh, it's so lovely to meet you. Okay, I would, uh, kind of like you down real quick and have a smile and make me a sense motive check. Okay. I get to do a roll? You get to do oh, a roll. So I get to do a roll. It's, it's, it's Gala 2. This will be RP <laughs> for Gala a bit. Two. Where, where am I? I am a me. I am a me. We don't do sense motive rolls. We ignore that that skill exists. <laughs> yeah, that I've tried to use it. <laughs> We don't um, do sense motive. We only roll zeros on perception. Uh, that guy is on the sorry, something my... really funny. Yeah, it click sense motive. Shoot. Yeah, you just click sense motive. Was it? Yeah, it was. It was hilarious. Hey, okay, that's so better a... than one. Yeah, uh, roll a fifteen on the die, and a twenty-five. You can tell that he's hiding it pretty well, and he likes Dara. Baron O'Kara's first and fresh, and he does not like you very much. He's just not taking me out of the chair! <laughs> he doesn't want what? He doesn't, what? He doesn't like I don't understand. I don't know why this is happening. It's part of the. I told you we were going to have some fun audio technical hiccups with this oh, new setup, and it's Discord so, kicking me out of the channel every 10 minutes. He likes but, Dara. Uh, he does not like you very much. Oh. His initial impression of you, although he is hiding it pretty well and he is being polite, not real positive. But, uh, he takes your hand and bows a bit, just like, uh, Count Lothi did. Says, of course, uh, pleasure to meet the wife. Uh, it's good, uh, good seeing you all again. We should get to the ballroom. <laughs> He secretly has right a now. thing for Dara. <laughs> no, he just likes him more. <laughs> I think so, it might be the whole just... worshiping of Shaylin super colorful thing. So the group of you, oh, and forgive me I for not moving. Forgive, <laughs> forgive me for not moving every single token in the gala oh. up here, because oh. for technical difficulty reasons, I'm not going to do that. Because that is a huge amount of effort for no reason. So immediately, and then you gotta put it all back. back. They would go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I am not going to drag them all up here, and I am going to leave them all where they are. But everyone gathers around in the main hall here, and the voices kind of start to fall down a bit. 
as Count Lothian steps up and just dings his glass a few times, trying to get everyone's attention. The voices die down. And he calls out over the gala, Welcome! Welcome, all of you, to this year's Tanager Jubilee. And to start things off proper, we're going to do it the same way that we do every year, following the traditions laid down over decades with the assigning. And he gestures over to the east wall of the ballroom here, where you can see a row of what appear to be various jesters in different very, very obvious getup. Now, for reasons due to previous experiences, it's possible that you guys don't have a very good attitude of the jesters. There's a little bit of PTSD going on right now. <laughs> Are any of those jesters halflings? A couple. <laughs> It just makes it worse. Kahina uh, sees everybody kind of twitch, and she's like, what's wrong? Kahina really doesn't know about the previous events. I'm sure she's you, been told, but she it takes her a second to remember. For those of you here on the Paizo <laughs> channel who weren't around for some previous escapades. Clown fiesta. They have previously had bad experiences with jesters uh, because, well... The stabbing, mostly. And, uh... The being friendly, and then the stabbing. The pretending to not be stabbing, and then stabbing. It's just generally really been a terribly bad time with the justice. No, so, this friendship is what really got the deepest. See, it's not even that she stabbed you. It's that she pretended to be nice to you first, and then started stabbing you. Oh, uh, a jester named Vasilka the Fantabulous was the one responsible for kidnapping Martella when they had to go save her previously together. And uh, in a distant adventure in the past, which is a, a distant two weeks ago now for them. Hey, it's been as long in real life as it has in the game. That's rare. Anyway, Count Lothied continues. As I will lead with our newest guest here, Sir Rostam et al., the heirs to the Bentney estate and the new tribunes of Stockies. And you can hear just some kind of gentle applause through the crowd. And then he motions for you to step forward. Uh, okay. Someone thinks it's really funny. <laughs> yes, I don't like We're that guy. Hilarious. Wow, that guy. Um, really I... funny. <laughs> I step forward and do a little half bow to the crowd and say it is a it is a pleasure to meet you all and i hope to get to know you and he turns towards the wall and uh points to the first of the jesters a human woman wearing a very pointed and very very feathered ridiculous purple bird mask and he says to you of course, I will assign Purple Finch, one of the most honored of our jesters. Now, I know you're new to the county of Marat, and this is the first time that you have attended one of our jubilees. But any concerns, requests you have, anything you, you need done or taken care of, Purple Finch 
will be your personal assistant for the remainder of these two days' festivities. And Rebel Finch, rather than step forward to accept this, just does a cartwheel, turns around and does a backflip before putting her hands out, jazz handsing in front of you, and piping <laughs> up in a ridiculous falsetto voice, I'm so excited to meet each of you, and pulls a flute out of a bag, a literal actual metal flute, and plays a quick riff, and says, please, your wishes are my demands. Wait, that's not how that goes. And there's a couple of, like, polite laughs and minor groans throughout. I guess I can a sense motive real quick. Sense motive. So, 17. Oh, here they go. Here come the sense motives. We got 17 from now, another 25 from Kahina. 17 from Dara, 14 from Nori, 23 from Bellor. Bellor and Kahina. You both notice a really small, like, wry smile from Count Lothid. And you get the feeling that he has intentionally assigned you a kind of obnoxious, not very successful gesture and thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> but, oh, man. Purple Finch! Not to be crestfallen by the fact that nobody's laughing at her attempts at humor. Uh, continues to just cartwheel past the group of you, pulls out her flute again, and plays a little bit, and says, Come! Follow me! Adventure awaits! Oh, at least clean beds. Hmm. Yeah, Kahina's gonna just, look just gets, delighted. Uh, from Kahina. <laughs> Kahina just looks delighted, and she's like, Oh, so much fun! Yeah, I'd be on board. All for Shaylin. Let's yeah. have some fun. Anori is definitely the opposite of all of that. <laughs> not, not, Anori is not in any way amused by this. Uh, a purple Finch leads the group of you out of the ballroom and out away from this as uh, Count Lothid continues with the assigning, uh, continuing to go down the line of jesters, and you can hear the next ones go out a bit quicker. Uh, as he passes down after kind of making a show of this first one here and this this kickoff. Purple Finch takes you back to your carriage, waiting off the side of the driveway, and instructs your driver to lead you out to the guest houses out the distance. And the guest houses are good, eh, almost a mile away. It's, it's a decent ways down the road. And she gets there and leads you inside. And they're they're nice enough. I mean, it's a guest house, so it's not gigantic. It's not a gigantic estate or anything. It's more like a townhouse that's divided into a bunch of different sections for the various visitors that are here. Because based on what Dame Crab's already told you, even the Marat locals live a few days' journey away from Lothidar and from the Palace of Birdsong. Leads you into one of the townhouses. There's a good six beds in there, so you got plenty of space. And the servants have already hauled all of your various baggage from the carriage down here in their own wagon and loaded up near the doorway. And as she lets you in, and by lets you in, I mean opens the door and then stands there and plays what is not terrible, but is probably mildly irritating flute music as you all just kind of walk past her inside. And then 
follows around after you, still playing it as oh. you as you travel inside. <laughs> so, you're the ones from the furthest way out of town, all the way from the distant lands of... Oh, well, the power is not that far, I suppose. So, how do you find Barat? Is everything to your liking? Is there anything I can fetch for you? I would love a good cup of tea. Of course, we have the finest here, brewed from, hmm, well, I'm pretty sure it's what normal tea comes from. <laughs> and just has a big smile. And Nori just, I imagine, just glares at her. Yeah. <laughs> Kahina will chuckle. Kahina is a shelling through and through, so any art is art. So she is just as happy as she can be. What we have here is what I like to call technically art. Technically comedy, art. Uh, perform comedy is like legally a form of art. We'll we'll take that. I mean, even <laughs> if it doesn't go great for Nell sometimes. I still have it. I still invest you in still it. have it and you try really hard. Kahina so, will uh, laugh at your three. jokes even if they bomb. <laughs> so, uh, Purple Finch continues and says, you, I know, have had a very terribly long drive here for the weeks and months from the distant lands of the capital and are, I'm sure, more than happy for some time to rest. I hope you acquainted yourselves briefly with the wine and the refreshments as it'll be a few hours before the events begin proper. If you return uh, whenever you see fit uh, to take the carriage back, I will be around uh, outside. If ever you need me, just give a whistle. I'll bring you whatever it is you require. Teas, coffees, heads on a platter, anything you need. <laughs> and she seems at least grateful that one of you <laughs> is, uh, I mean, is at, at least, least smiling. Now smiling. And Ari's probably left already. What about Dara Valor? How are you reacting to this dingus? Uh, I'm mostly just standing there awkwardly. Dara's just kind of there, like... <laughs> yep. It's a gesture. Uh, what are you, Baylor? You have the shenanigans? Not really paying it much mind. Just yeah, he's... working towards getting settled in. He would like to find the bed part of the bed. He doesn't want to do the rest of the stuff. He just wants to do the part where he gets to sleep. Understandable. So... Been in a carriage for a week. You have been in a carriage for the vast majority of the past week, so totally understandable. She explains that it is going to be a couple of hours for you to prepare for the first event of the evening. This night's official national Inner-Sea Worldwide Jousting Tournament. Now, are you familiar with the tilt? You look like an expert. And she points at Baylor. <laughs> Nori's just gonna laugh at that. <laughs> Were I half my age, I wouldn't stand half a chance. Ah! <laughs> and she kind of puts a hand up and nods. This, this is fair. This is fair. I uh, will make yourselves at home, please. Settle in, and uh, make sure you return back for the festivities here in a few hours. Even if you're not taking place, the stands have been set up and the grounds out back for everyone to watch all the horsemen bash into each other, or whatever it is the appeal of jousting is. And if it's more to your liking, of course there are other festivities going on. Oh, if you need anything was... at all. 
I was interested and in participating in the jousting. It's all. Let me know. And of course, anyone is welcome to participate. When you arrive, simply make your wishes known to the Baron O'Kara. He is organizing the event. Thank you. And with that, and she does a quick, like, backhand spring. I take my leave! And ducks out of the door, closing it behind her as she goes. I really wish you were rolling acrobatics <sighs> for each one of those flips to see if she just... <laughs> <laughs> Apparently she's good at the physical part of this. Yeah, she's I don't... pulling all that off. I don't think she can fail them. Because <laughs> the, the acrobatics check to just do a backflip can't be that high. Like, how hard can it possibly be? Go do a backflip. Like Actually, there's... Yeah, I didn't say I could do it. I said if you were level 4 player characters with not 10 dexterity, it can't be that hard to do a backflip. Anyway. What about uh, a you... barrel roll? <laughs> Isn't that just a somersault? That's supposed to be a joke, but apparently none of you got I it. I got so it. Great. I was laughing. Do a barrel roll. Yeah, you're laughing at everything. You worship Shellen. Hey. Shut up. <laughs> you're humoring purple fish. We don't want to hear from you. <laughs> That's great. So, you guys got some time. Uh, it's still relatively early in the morning. Uh, you wanted to back over at the Palace of Birdsong sometime around noon, which gives you a couple of hours to unpack your things, relax, clean up a bit from being in a carriage for five days straight. Um, there are baths attached to the townhouses that you can go properly clean up. Okay. okay. Alright, that was the thing that happened to chat. I know I said uh -huh. I wasn't going to acknowledge chat, but, uh... Oh. Anyway. Um, time to what? Wow. tend to yourselves before you return back and prepare for the tournament. So if there is anything else, uh, anything that you want to do, discuss, prepare, now is your time. I have a... I got a, I got a thing. Uh. Hexagon. The... The first thing Game. I would like The first thing I would like to do Don't look at Max Wiener, look at me, Gabe. The the thing I would like to do is um I wanna cast detect magic to see if they're like magical bugs. Or a, yeah, uh... spells cast. Yeah, so I mean that's to that's know whether or not idea. we can talk freely. Which okay, is kind of so... Baylor might want to do the same. You cast a spell and swing this magic what the? around the townhouse, trying Dance. to see if there's anything that you can detect around the area as you do this channel. And you don't pick anything up. You don't find anything noticeable. At the end of your channel, it seems that everything here is of the mundane. How frickin' cool is Sirenscape? That was really cool, I gotta be honest. No, it's great. I hope you have more of those. Oh, boy, Baby. you have I'd no idea how ready I am to smash board. buttons in this. That definitely found, sounded to me like what Detect Magic would sound like. Mm -hmm. Oh, they have a Sirenscape command. That's probably because I pressed the button labeled Detect Magic. I didn't just press a button labeled Generic Spell. I pressed the button labeled Detect Magic. Oh man, so it's a thought. Is there out. a fireball oh. button? Typically, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. That's so 
Is there a fireball button? Come on! It's gonna be Eddie button. Why do you think there's not a fireball button? I got one for you. Is there a polar midnight button? I'm okay, leaving you for the soundboard. Literally every specific ability in the game. Well, hey, we gotta save some surprises. <laughs> yeah, don't give them all away. Polar Midnight? No way. What about really? What about my shield. Is the shield in there? <laughs> <laughs> are we okay? Are we gonna play Pathfinder or are we gonna play press buttons and sirens? Game? <laughs> you guys can play with that later. <laughs> Just. Here, we I'll can give do you, both. I'll give it, you one more, Anori, one more, just for you, okay? Yes. Would you like to hit somebody with oh. a spell strike, shock, and grasp? Oh, that's bad. There. <laughs> you get one, okay, we're done. We're done playing the Sirenscape. We're back to playing Pathfinder. Yes. All right. What are we going to do for a few hours? Was well, there anything you need to do other than simply rest? Bathe? Probably. Bathing is definitely a, a Dude, pretty I good day out there. Five days into carriage, bathing's probably pretty high up on the thing. Clean and, and if like, we're, shine my armor. Do we have until, you got probably about two hours until you got to head back, uh, start heading back over. Okay, so like really dejectedly, she's gonna like Noe's gonna walk up to Kahina and kind of like quietly ask her to help her with her makeup and stuff. <laughs> she has no idea what to do. <laughs> How do I, girl? How do you, girl? Help me, girl. Help. I got this really fancy red dress, and I have no idea what else to do. <laughs> Kahina goes to her bag and opens it and takes one of those, you know, the the, the bags that has all the uh, makeup artist brushes and stuff in it that's rolled up and tied. She unties it and just unfurls it. There's, like, this whole, like, bit of things and makeup, and she takes a nori, and she sits her down, and she oh, goes, well, that's this is gonna be so much fun! <laughs> oh, no, let's not try to have too much fun. You are my canvas. You are my canvas. I that's shall what make we're gonna, What can we do with stuff. this? Is the question that we're asking ourselves right now. No. Because typically Inori is a lot more at home in some dark leather armor, maybe a chain mm -hmm. shirt with Ciaran strapped across her back, and Nothing fancy. We're gonna change that today, my dude. Uh -huh. Would makeup be tied to a skill, or is it just something you could, I guess, be good at? I would what was say. That? That's my I'm, thinking. Just, I'm curious. That's my I'm thinking curious. sound. Disguise? Um, I was. Yeah, that disguise. disguise was the first thing that came to mind. But I almost think. Yeah, I can't think of anything better than disguise for doing makeup. Maybe craft? Yeah, like, whose profession was the other one that came to my mind? What do you think, Kahina? What, what, you, do you want to roll for doing Inori's makeup? I mean, Slight of hand, do you feel maybe? like you haven't what? rolled enough dice today? You have to roll for her to girl? <laughs> I was just curious if it would be tied to a like, I'm asking you if she wants to roll. I to mean, see if she can I girl. guess I. I mean, she should be able to girl. She's an actress. She does makeup on the daily. You do your makeup on the daily. Girling yeah. somebody else is a very different situation. It is not really. Oh, no, it's not really. Thank it you. Really <laughs> is. you would Help know me. better than I would, so I guess I'll Me just take mechanically it in Pathfinder, girling someone else. I mean, I'll roll for it if you want me to roll. You don't need to roll for it. We'll just, we'll just take it. We'll just take it all. You sit down. I mean, the I kind of want to roll now. And just I, roll. I really want to roll. Roll to girl and Ori. Roll I don't to want girl. To roll. 
What if I roll? My disguise is pretty high. I'll roll disguise. Like a clown and everybody. Roll disguise. And that's what happens. <laughs> it's still fifteen. That's not yeah, bad. No. 15's not, not bad. Good. She's Build not a, six. a totally that's ravish. Than, than no, rolling just... a six. No, 15's <laughs> fine. I mean, because you got to look at it, 10 is average. So the average person can do their makeup 10. You have 15. So you actually, like, it is actually done really well. You're yeah. Good. And this isn't even the ballroom makeup. Like, when, when we do the stuff with the masquerade with the mask and stuff. Oh, she would do it up. Because that's more costume makeup and more what she's used to. So you guys take some time to wash up, do your own makeup, do your friend's makeup, do whatever it is you need to do, uh, and get yourselves ready and cleaned up to, well, head back outside and meet up with Purple Finch, and then get in your carriage and head back over to the actual Palace of Birdsong. So I'll bring us back over yonder. Don't know why. I don't want to press to digitate Purple Finch and turn him a different color. So they wouldn't be Purple Finch anymore. Exactly. So, uh, Count Lothied at this point would not be out here. He would be off somewhere very much busy doing things. But as you head in, you can hear all of the horses and the sounds from the other side of this estate. As in the backfields, they have the tilt and have now brought several heavy horses out and are setting up for the evening's joust. Now, you have some time before this joust begins, and who remembers how social rounds work? Uh, you weren't here not, for it. You and we Mr. can Show go were not. anywhere and yeah. do anything, but we only get one anything. But we can talk so, freely, right? Yeah, we'll do like a, a quick uh, overview here. So how this works is I want to have you guys roll initiative, adjust to manage the order of who is doing what uh so that if multiple people want to do multiple things we can, we have an easy way for which way this all takes place without having to just deal with any of that nonsense so as you head back into the party you got to click on your character token and then you got to click initiative on your sheet are the two requirements to rule initiative so make sure you got yourself selected first uh there's the 20 there is the hot and spicy 20 and this would be the good time I, initiative i suppose to explain to the, the chat here as well we've got a very interesting party of mixed experience so whether you're pathfinder veterans or brand new to pathfinder you're gonna have something here because we got some of the group i've been playing with for literally three plus years and we have some of the bren bob who has played exactly one session of Pathfinder that had no combat in it, and then Weeby Goblins. And that's 100% of her Pathfinder experience so far. So we got we got all ins here. I guess we don't really have the experience there at the scale, because having played Pathfinder for three or four years is really not that long in the grand scheme of things. It's I'm some experience. It's not... It's not a you crazy amount of experience, but it's some experience. So here's how this works. For everyone who's interested in social combat, because if you haven't read through Ultimate Intrigue, you may not know about these either. And it's a slightly modified, kind of simplified version that War for the Crown presents. And for Mr. Sean Bryn, because you did not play the gala. So you have a number of rounds. And before the tournament begins, you have three rounds. Just like everything else in the game, you get one turn per round. 
but these are more loose. There's not move actions, there's not standard actions, there's not any of that. You can walk around, and you can RP and talk to people and do whatever it is you want throughout the party at your leisure. That doesn't take time. That doesn't take an action. That doesn't take anything. What you can do is try to influence people. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what you're here for. Uh, any of the tokens that don't say Lothian Soldier, for the most part, uh, are people that you can walk up to and attempt to influence. And if you and that represents you just spending a decent amount of time talking to somebody. And then while you're doing that, you can do one of two things. You can try to make an influence check, just to try to make them like you more. And you can just pick a skill that you think would be nice or that you're good at and roll it and see if it works out. But the whole reason these rules were introduced is to prevent Charisma and Diplo characters from just running everybody over. Diplomacy, Intimidate, Bluff, they don't work on everyone. Everyone has different things they're good at. Uh, sometimes people like talking shop. Sometimes people want to discuss, like, a hunt. What's a survival check or knowledge? Like Baylor did wizardy stuff before. So if you don't want to just go run up and throw dice at somebody with your action, and making an influence check is the only thing that uses your action for the turn, you can, instead of an influence check, make a discovery check. Which is always sense motive, or a second skill that in most situations in War for the Crown is knowledge, nobility, but sometimes can be other things, to try and find out one of three things. A, one of the things that'd be good to use to try to influence them with, one of their influence skills, so you're not just throwing dice at a wall, or even worse, having a negative impact by trying to do something that well, time up in a conversation they're not interested in. You can try to learn their strengths, which I have a, it's kind of a hard for me to put my head around this because strengths doesn't strike me how it actually is. It's things or ways you do not want to try to influence them. So, for instance, somebody, like, I mean, you already know one for Baron O'Kara. Baron O'Kara is very much a man of the law. And the letter of the law, more than the intention of the law. So trying to get into his good graces by suggesting doing things that are not technically legal, even if you're using one of his influence skills, you're going to take a big old penalty to that because he's not a fan of that kind of talk. Or you can try to learn their weaknesses, which is the same thing with backwards, which is ways that you can get bonuses to try and, uh, bonuses to your influence checks later. So the Tanager Jubilee is going to take place over two days. And there are a decent pile of nobles here, but there's not that many. So for the couple of you who either in chat not familiar with the system, or the couple of you here who weren't in the party last time, it's kind of a slow roller. You need to get to know people before you can start to influence them. Figure out what they like. Figure out what they don't like. Figure out what's the best way to get into them. Before you start just picking up your diplomacy box and throwing it at their head and kind of hoping it works. I mean, you can always do that, but you have two days over which you will have many social rounds. So, head into the party, my friends. You are by no means required to stay in the travel nugget. You can split up as you will. 
and uh, you can head in, you can look around, you can try and find some people that you're interested in interacting with. And Purple Finch, while she cannot be influenced, will be around in the main hall if you need her for any questions. So, let's start with Kahina. And I guess Dara by extension, because they're staying together. Because couple. Mm -hmm. Alright. So do we want to meet this nice person who's out here, or do we want to try to go inside and... So this, is man this? You, this man you see in front of you is one of the only non-humans at this entire Jubilee. Uh, he is, in fact, another half-elf. And there are humans, well, that, that seem to be nobles. Anyway, there are plenty of halfling, like, servants and jesters and whatnot. But of the noble cast here, it's almost exclusively humans with a very small smattering of half-elves, including Baylor. This is one of them. This man isn't so much participating in the party as he is almost standing as an additional guard outside, uh, looking around the area, keeping a stern watch. And he really does not look like he's moved at all since the last time you were here. Oh, why does it keep happening? He didn't even... Why? It doesn't even make a noise or anything. <laughs> you need to turn your... Because you're running the things... The... Because you're running stuff the way you're running it, Discord isn't, like, registering your voice. So you need no, to go turn your voice. AFK settings me... off. Is that a thing you can do? Yes. Yep. It's a new setting. Apparently. How do I make it turn? How do I turn that off? Uh, it's been a while since I've had to do. Because I would love it to keep kicking me or stop kicking me. Well, other since, I would not since, love since it to keep kicking me on the shed. It's because your background music is running through it. It's yeah. picking up constant noise. So after a while, it's the same as if it wasn't picking up anything. Yeah. And I, 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 okay, so we got like 20 minutes left. It probably won't kick me again. I'll figure it out before the mm -hmm. next session where the AFK okay. setting is so it stops kicking me out of the freaking channel. Point is, very stern looking half elf <laughs> uh, with a crossbow mm -hmm. slung across his back. Looks like he literally hasn't moved uh, since you were here a few hours ago. Yeah. I don't yeah. know when I dropped out of the chat, but looks more like he's standing watch than he is enjoying the party. Uh, okay. Not, uh, not, not kicking his cup of tea. She's going to leave that to Baylor. <laughs> nah, pass. <laughs> nah. Bro. I also I also don't know if 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 Dara would be good for that either. So I, I agree with Kahina. <laughs> so so the pair of you head inside, and there's nobody mm -hmm. immediately apparent inside the entry hall. But uh, as you make your way up into here, most of the guests are scattered around. Uh, I only move a couple. Most of the guests are scattered for now around these entertaining spaces near the entryway through the open doors, or around the ballroom or adjoined areas. Shall we check the billiard room, darling? Yeah. Uh, I will follow you, my darling. So it's you head in the billiards room here. Where you see three people. One of which... Very... Impeccably dressed. As if he's taken really just more uh, time into that than even a lot of the other nobles here. He... Kinda looks. Can you look full of yourself? If you yes. can. Yeah. Smug. Smug. Smug yeah. is the 
perfect word to describe oh, that face right there. And this oh, dude. My goodness. Uh, this did you dude. Ask if you could look full of yourself while looking at that. I did. But... <laughs> that's fair. That's uh, that's Gaston. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's oh, Gaston. He's bent over the table, uh, playing a game of billiards against one of the other minor, uh, lesser aristocrats that is here. And what's interesting is that the two names in the corner don't so much seem to be their own entities as they seem to be this guy's hype squad as they're just kind of in the corner as he does things just contributing the oohs and the ahs as he does his Im impressive shots here clearing the table with whoever he's playing against. And as you walk into the room, he takes a shot Bouncing a ball off of one of the walls into another ball to put it exactly in the pocket he'd, uh, he apparently had called beforehand. Stands back from the table, his hands up high. I believe that's the game, my good sir. That was 15 gold. I'll take payment up front. Thank you. And the other guy kind of shakes his head. Oh, it was a good one, Titus. Ah, of course it was. Uh, who else would like to give me their money this fine afternoon? You, I... Don't recognize either of you. Are you lost? Are you here for Are the you? party? Uh, he just kind of looks at Kahita and Dara. I look at Kahita and I'm like, do we want to stay here? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Do you? I apologize. This is a nobleman's jubilee and uh, this is actually is a private party. We will well. Good sir, I, I'm sorry. We're we're new here. We've just inherited the Bettany estate. My dear Dara's uh, second cousin uh, once removed, and uh, we have just uh, come from the capital. We're in search of a little more uh, quiet time out in the country. Oh, and he, he takes a second and looks at you like he's just kind of thinking. Oh, yes, the Bettany heirs. I, yes, Bartleby had informed me. Oh, my dearest apologies. He had informed me you were a Syrian. Uh, just unexpected as all. Oh, I'm uh, Lord Titus Lothian Kasava. I'm the cousin. Nice to meet uh, both of you. So you come from a uh, Syrian? Is it that bad there? <laughs> and is a... Uh, his two guys in the corner just kind of laugh at his joke with him. Uh, originally, yes, but I, uh, we have been living in Opara for quite some time. Um, hmm. my, my family originally, as is his, but we've been in Opara for quite a while. But mm -hmm. now we are going to make the country our home. So now we got the well, Oparan big shots coming down to take their hand and taking over Stockies. Uh... It's all right. I, uh, he points towards where you guys came up from across the hall, the honorary tribune. I don't even know if she's technically Lady Fiscom so much as just Adora. But, uh, she's been doing, you know, her best. I'm sure you guys will do a whole lot better. Oh, we haven't even had a chance to meet her yet. We will definitely have to make some time. We came straight here. We heard about the Jubilee and we had to come and meet all of our new neighbors. Of I course. just love a good party. Of course, that's a uh, pleasure to host you two here. It's been 
fantastic meeting you. I assume Bartleby welcomed you initially. Uh, do either of you play? He gestures towards the table. Uh, do you? Uh, no. I do not play. So, do either of you want to use... Like, you can just talk to him. You can walk around just RPO people and talk perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. But do you want to spend enough time with him to use your action to either try a discovery check or an influence check with Titus? <laughs> nope. <laughs> not really. <laughs> no. <laughs> we, we're, going to, we're going to heed Martella. And, and uh, no, not yeah. at all. We're going to play by our strengths and nah. somewhere else. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Let's hop down to Baylor real quick, who has made his way back into the sitting room where Kara is taking his seat back down and is just enjoying a nice drink and talking to some friends, so it seems. Uh, did you want to talk to him? Uh, I was going to. I also wanted to ask, can you still, at this one, influence areas? No, like you were... uh, that okay. was a Gala-specific thing. All right. Uh, you actually, you can't play to a room here. This is just people. Got it. But in exchange, these people are significantly harder to shift. Because you're going to be using all of your actions trying to shift people. All right. So expect it to take more effort to make an impression on people. So did you want to talk to Okara, or did you just make your way over I, here? I, I did want to talk to Okara again. Uh, Nell, what about you? Because you're also in the general area. I just want to sign up for the tournament and then go somewhere else. Okay, fair enough. So you would come in. That would be a pretty brief thing. Uh, you'd say you wanted to sign up for the tournament. Okay. Oh, fantastic story. It's good to have you. If you, I don't know, you rode the tilt. I do not, but there's no shame in trying. And he just claps his hands together. Absolutely more of the attitude we need here. No shame in trying whatsoever. It's all for fun. Look, uh, I'll get you in the pairings. It's going to be a tournament taking place over five rounds. Uh, if you don't have a horse and lance and equipment, that's fine. We've got plenty of stuff on site to provide for you. But if you want to put your name in the hat, by all means, we'd love to have more participants. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. My name is certainly going in this hat. And uh, he's at that point, see Baylor approaching, and he turns around and sees Baylor. He says, well, I've only briefly met the pair of you with the gala, but I'm going to assume that you're not here to also sign up for the joust. I am very much not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good to see you again, Slash. Have a seat! I'll take a seat. So you sit down on the couch uh, right next to him. He says, so... I had to head back up here to run my own parody not too long after the Exaltation Gala. So I've heard word, but of course I didn't get to really see for myself how Apara is fair and how's she doing in the wake of things. The city's on edge. It certainly could be in better position, but Taldens are hanging in there. It's life is going on. He just uh, kind of puts a hand up. Taladins are strong. It's going to take more than whatever all that nonsense was to unseat the unseat this nation or even that city. We know where we came from. And we ain't going to give up that easily. So, I haven't talked to you since the gala and I kind of got the impression at the time you were 
after something. So it's good to get to just talk to you, you know, get to know Sir Landless. We're like two different worlds here. I'm a military guy turned to just jousting circuit, and you a half-elf wizard hoping to get his seat on the Senate. We got the two ends of the political spectrum here. So what brings you up to Marat? I, I know that your, your friend, Sir Rostam, I heard, inherited the Betney estate. But uh, what brings you up here? Well, like you were saying, he did get that inheritance of his, and as much as Opara is carrying on, I felt it better to get away from it for a while. Bad memories and all. I can't blame you for that, really. That was just truly a tragic turn of, uh, turn of events. But it's good out here, you know? Marat's a simple place. It's a county that damn near runs itself. We got farmers and farmhands mostly, some artisans, artisans, a couple engineers. I mean, Lothidar is making a pretty good name for itself. I gotta say, Count Bartleby's been doing well running the place. So do you want to influence him? Slash discover. I keep my whatever stuff you discovered about him at the gala still applies. So that's what I was about to ask. Cause... He is the same person. The the ways that you talk to him and the things he likes and dislikes haven't magically changed because we're in a different situation. So the advantage you have on Okara is you already know a decent way to get in and talk to him. I believe with him it was just straight diplomacy was a good one. Uh, that was what you were throwing at him, yeah. You were just dropping diplomacy. So if you want to use your action uh, for the turn here, I will go ahead and pour a little red dot on you. And you can roll a diplomacy check to try just and influence hang out. Yeah, just kind of hang out and do some talking. 15 on the die, that gives you a 30. That is such a good, is it a feat or a trait that gives you your intelligence to diplomacy? Uh, trait. It's so good. It's just so good. Alright, so let me go ahead and put one on here. Uh, you get the feeling that Baron O'Kara already kind of respects you a bit. And another thing that's interesting about the influence system to Bryn and Mistress Cha, and those in the audience mm -hmm. who are unfamiliar with the social system, is that you don't know if you're succeeding unless you're really succeeding. And you're really succeeding. So, <laughs> O'Kara, O'Kara likes you. He likes you a lot. And just keep, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're definitely on your way to getting in on his good side. So that takes care of you, Dara. Where? Uh, I'll study kind of you and Kahina together. I mean, I know you haven't taken your action yet, but I'm just going around. This is why I have the initiative table to cover what everyone's doing. So everyone gets their turn. And Nori is kind of in the main hall. What do you want to do? Um, I wouldn't mind following, uh, Miller as he goes, when he went to talk to, uh, the guy running the, the jousting thing. And Nori's got a little itch. She might want to enter this thing. Is everybody else Jousting? Here? Oh, you can absolutely yeah, do that. If you want, do you want to also talk to Baron O'Care, or do you just want to sign up for the joust? Basically, just sign up for the joust. You know, and you know, he introduced me as a friend and all that. I'm here to sign up for the joust, please. And so you walk up to him, and you would show up around when him and Baylor are talking. You go up, and he'd turn to you and. 
tell you most of the same information that he told Nell. Uh, he can, they can provide horses, they'll provide a lance and a shield. And if you want to ride, feel free to ride. The more the merrier. He is more than happy to see woman. people jumping on the train. That's one thing she would definitely ask. Any other women in this? Oh, uh, yeah, actually, we've got a few. Uh, Lady Sidis and Lieutenant Gorgeous are both participating, so you're, you're going to be far from the only one there. Don't worry about that. I have long since learned my lesson about underestimating women. No, I have no doubts whatsoever that you are more than capable. Uh, I've heard a bit, not, not much, but a bit about the business you run back in Opara. That uh, bounty hunting agency, right? Taking down the people the guard can't catch. Yeah, that's the idea. Moving every day. It's respectable work, and it's difficult. Trust me. Uh, nobody here, nobody here is gonna make the mistake underestimating that. Uh, can you ride? Uh, not so much, but you know, <laughs> given my my my, my try. Well, uh, as I said before to you, your buddy, no, I'm glad to see you taking, uh, your group taking the initiative to step up. Uh, we only had a good six or seven participants before, and now we're swelling the roster up, but we can do some better pairings. It's fantastic. We'll see you on the tilt. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right, he turns back to Katitak and the Baylor. So what do you want to do? Who do you want to influence? Well, uh... I saw a man that was for someone to play in billiards. Oh boy. So you oh two boy. are leaving that area because you don't want to yeah. talk to him. Yeah. And Nori, however, is absolutely interested in playing some billiards <laughs> and is going to head right back over to your boy Titus and try and get some work doing. <laughs> and so you, uh, you walk in the room and Titus turns to you. He's like, ah, hold on. Let me guess. You're with the Betney estate. I'm getting the uh, assumption at this point that people I don't recognize, I should just assume, are here to take over the Stockies Tribune. Is that right? Wow, you're pretty good. Impressive. Aye. Right. Calls him as I sees him. I like to think I'm pretty good at reading him. Now, uh, and he kind of points to the back. Look like at fancy swords you got there, little miss. Uh, yeah. Family heirloom. Aren't they all? So, do you know how to swing the thing around? Do you ever really use it or just carry it around in case? I mean, you could ask the many men that I've killed and see how they thought I'd use with the ability. Interesting. What are you, uh, you don't look like a soldier to me, a mercenary for hire, maybe? More of a bounty hunter by trade. You know what I think would be really interesting? Uh, they got this joust going on here in an hour or so, and that's that's all well and good. Uh, but not too long after that, their uh, my brother is, of course, going to... Or my... What's his relation? If he's a cousin, I guess that would make him also a cousin. Uh, my cousin later on is going to be given a speech to carry on the festivities, you know, after the tournament and everything. But afterwards, I'm a bit of a duelist myself. I think it'd be fun to go around. Three points, so everyone can be disarmed. You know, you're standing fencing. I heard you in here bragging about billiards. How you want to fence? Oh, yeah, yeah, if you want to step up to the plate for billiards, young... I'm oh, sorry, I didn't get your name. I'm Lord Titus, by the way. 
Uh, Titus Lothied Cassava. Norenta. Well, Nori, if you want to put your money on the table, I'd be more than happy to take it from you. You can try, friend. You can try. So, you... Do you want to use your action on Titus? On your boy here? Yeah, I want to try to uh, figure out a weakness. We're going to give you a two for one. So, I'll let you try to figure out a weakness. And it's sense, motive, or knowledge, nobility for him. To try and figure out a weakness. And on top of that, I will also let you play a game of billiards. Which is pretty simply going... Let me see, how do I want to do this? I'm thinking the easiest way to do it is just <laughs> dex checks. Dex or sleight of hand? Let's do dex checks. A sleight of hand is basically dex, just with a modifier. Uh, we'll do... Sense motive one? Yeah, for discovery check, sense motive always works. So give me that sense motive. You want to get a weakness from him? Yes. 17. Okay. You know, uh, you can pick up rather that regardless of this air he puts on, this arrogance, uh, Lord Titus here is more than aware that he's going through life at the moment riding on the coattails of his cousin. And he's a little touchy about that. So... If you were to perhaps imply in your dealings with him that maybe he'd have a tougher time trying to do things for himself, he's going to get real defensive. And when he gets defensive, he's flustered. And that's, with how he is as a person, actually going to make it easier for you to get in with him. So why don't you, you, let's do this. Best... Two out of three, just dexterity checks. Okay? Okay. So just roll me... Uh, just click on, literally click on the dex stat on your page to play billions. <laughs> I think that's the easiest way to do little games of finesse like this. That was a five plus one, getting a real healthy six. Coming out of the gate swinging here. Oh crap, I rolled the wrong uh, die. I rolled the one you can't see. Uh, that's a. Go ahead, roll it. We roll that. That uh, looks solid, like a two to me. Solid 20. <laughs> so as you start off here, standard billiards. You break. You, you just you don't get anything. Don't know if you've never played billiards before, but that's kind of not a great time. Titus, however, yeah, scoops you... up three balls yeah. in a row like nothing before he uh, puts the ball in kind of an awkward position for you. Only another dex check. I think you're going to be taking 15 gold off your sheets. How this is going to go is what it seems like to me. And you... <laughs> you... Looking like. You try to take another shot. But it's uh, pretty clear... This is not really what you're good at doing. But to be fair, the reason you're here is not to win at billiards. The reason you're here is to learn what you can about Titus while you play billiards. And although that is going to involve just losing some money, probably, Titus takes a few shots and just knocks that was planned. all of his, uh, all his stripes off the table. And he's left with a pretty tricky shot sitting between just him 
and the eight ball. Drops it. His friends cheer. And this man takes 15 of your hard-earned gold. I said, any time, Lady Dent, though, if you want to come back and try this one again, I'll be here most of the night. Respect him. You are sold indeed, sir. All right, so let's, uh... It is eight. So we got mid-round uh, mid here. We got Nell, Dara, and Kahina still left to take their actions. Which fortunately is easy enough to see because I used the red markers for this. But we'll just we'll just stop it right there. Because we're not going to be able to go through like two Warhol social rounds. So we're going to be stopping somewhere in the midst of courting these nobles regardless of how exactly we do it. We'll drop it there for now.